93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. And today is Monday, November 11th, Veterans Day. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Police say a speeding convertible went airborne and crashed into the second floor of a New Jersey commercial building, killing, killing both of the car's occupants. Tom's River police say the red Porsche Boxster went out of control at about 6.30 a.m. Sunday. The car hit the center median, struck an embankment, and went airborne into the building. Did you guys see the picture of this? It's unbelievable. I, did they determine or best guess estimate at the speed the car was traveling at because it launched a, a huge distance into the second floor of that building. I know. No, they didn't. They just said uh, traveling at a high rate of speed. Uh, it had to be insane. Police said two Tom's River men, 22-year-old Braden DeMartin and 23-year-old Daniel Foley, were deceased when emergency responders arrived at the scene. The structure, which was unoccupied at the time, has been deemed unsafe by a building inspector. The building, which is across the street from an elementary school, houses four businesses, including a counseling service and a real estate company. A disabled Vietnam veteran was killed in a hit-and-run crash in Norristown on Sunday night, according to the victim's family. It happened at 6.30 at Astor and Oak Street. Police arrived to find the injured victim in the street. The 67-year-old man, who family members identify as Samuel Jackson, was rushed to the hospital where he later died. Family, mem- family members say Jackson was a Marine who served in the Vietnam War. He was reportedly getting into his gray sedan to move to a different parking spot right in front of his home when he was struck. Mm. His family says the driver fled the scene. It's unclear what caused the accident. Police have not released any information, including a description of the striking vehicle. But if you have any information, please contact police. A rare astronomical alignment will take place today, November 11th, as Mercury passes directly between the Earth and Sun, an event known as a transit. The November 11th Mercury transit will be visible across the Americas, Europe, Africa, and Western Asia. You can... We are ready to transmit. <laughs> we are ready to transmit. Optimum, optimum transmitting. Yeah, we're finally going to make contact, Preston. <laughs> you can view the transit with a telescope that has proper solar filters, but of course, uh, you're warned that looking at the sun without the proper solar filters could cause permanent eye damage. I can't, take, I can't take binoculars and just look right at <laughs> no, the sun? No, you can't. This Man. year, Mercury will take about five and a half hours to complete its trek, making first contact with the disk at 7.35 a.m. Eastern Time. The planet reaches the midpoint of its journey at about 10.20 a.m., and the transit ends at 1.04 p.m. It's all cool, but I know I'll forget it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Weather permitting, the best seats will be in places where the entire transit will happen during daylight hours. Transits are very rare and occur about 13 times every century. So if you do want to see it, Steve, oh. uh, the next Mercury transit won't happen until November 13th of 2032. You know, I might skip that, Kathy, oh. but I think I want to go see that tire in the street. That sounds pretty <laughs> That one sounds better to you. Yeah. All right, in sports this morning. <laughs> Sacks are yummy. The Sixers beat the Charlotte Hornets last night yeah. in South Philly. Joel Embiid had 18 points and nine rebounds. Al Horford added 15 points, and the Sixers ended a three-game losing streak with a 114-106 win. Brooke and Corkmaz 
scored 17 points and led the Sixers run in the third quarter. All-star guard Ben Simmons missed his second straight game because of a sprained AC joint in his right shoulder, and he will be reevaluated later today. The Sixers are home again tomorrow night with the game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. The Flyers beat the Bruins in a shootout last night in Boston. Over the weekend, the Flyers beat the top two teams in the Atlantic Division, Toronto and Boston, and improved to 8-2-1 in their last 11 games. Joel Farabee scored the only goal of the shootout while Carter Hart made three saves on all three shots. The Flyers now have a couple of days off before they're uh, back home on Wednesday night with a game against the Washington Capitals. And in Sunday Night Football, Dalvin Cook ran for 97 yards, including a go-ahead touchdown on fourth down on the final play of the third quarter, leading the Minnesota Vikings to a 28-24 win over the Cowboys in Dallas. With the loss, the Cowboys uh, fell to 5-4 and four on the season and now have the same record as the Eagles, who had a bye week this weekend. The Eagles are back in action on Sunday with the game at home against the New England Patriots. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks a bunch, Kat. So, uh, back from the weekend. I trust everybody had a, a decent one this week. It was a good weekend. It was productive. Uh, good. So you start to, you know, as you start to ease up on the, uh, well, I shouldn't say ease up. We're speeding up on the camp out for hunger. Mm-hmm. It's things you have to take care of before you know, we go into the parking lot Abs- for a week. Absolutely, yeah. I'm in the same boat. So uh, hopefully everybody had a productive weekend. We uh, we have some stuff set for today. New Word of the Week prize. We always like to tell you what that is at the start. On a Monday, we have a $500 Ashley Home Stores gift card. So just that simple 500 bucks chance for you to win, win some good stuff and get over and get some good things. By the way, uh, November 30th, now through November 30th, you can register to win the green room furniture. What? That will be set up at the camp out for hunger. Sofa, love seat, coffee table, tables, lamps, all that stuff. We have a really cool That's awesome. green room setup, and uh, Ashley Home Stores are the sponsors of that. I honestly, I thought you were going to say the green room furniture we had with, so the, did I <laughs> with, with the couch with the table. Look at that. It. No. This is semen. Step up. That's a semen stain there. <laughs> yep. This yeah. price is better than that. No, yeah, I, yeah. I have Ashley furniture in our home, and we love it. Uh, so, yes, we're, we're looking for that, and, and we have... We people sleep on this furniture yeah. in our green room, like the engineers and yeah. some of the people that are out there working these ridiculous hours. You go back in the green room, somebody's passed out. Usually, well, Rodney, so because he just gets overwhelmed with all he's doing. But yeah, you're right, Preston. It's designed for maximum comfortability. Uh, so we have that taking place. We also have a couple of guests on the show. Kate Flannery will be joining us. She was eliminated from Dancing with the Stars. But we'll talk to Kate and see what her whole experience is about. Nick's theory is that maybe she's kind of glad to be off because she was so damn busy. But we'll see. We'll see. We also have uh, a friend, actor Daniel Roebuck, who's going to be in our studio today. Uh, Daniel's been on the program throughout the years. We first got to know him through the show Lost as Dr. Arnst. uh, Arnst. And uh, we also have uh, had him in many on other occasions to uh, promote the movies. He's been in a ton of stuff. Though. Would you say he's got to be in the top five greatest series exits of all time? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. When you're blown up yeah. by dynamite, <laughs> I'm be full on exploding mid sentence. <laughs> That's, yeah. a, that's a good way to go. Yeah, a little TV. bit of arst on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so he'll be joining us this morning because he is uh, part of a new uh, Star Wars uh, video game that we're going to find out about later on today. We have an announcement coming up in Music News later this morning, and I'm sure we got stuff to give away. By the way, we're doing the Happy Place on Thursday, so I'll do our uh, four packs of tickets to give away for that particular appearance coming up on Thursday night. So these things are more taking place. We're going to take a break, come back in a second. I'll ask a stupid question. We'll give you some goodies for the correct answer, and then I'll give you those entertainment stories that took place over the weekend. Stay put. We'll be right back. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. 
Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. What does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, for starters, my competition really hates me. Watch as we get closer and closer to Black Friday. All my competition will start having their crappy sales. I must be in a business of idiots. What magical, mystical thing happened that made this diamond ring 70% less? You're just too smart to buy this crap. Buy real jewelry from a real jeweler. Come to Steven Singer on Jewelers Row. One place, one price. Or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, let's do the stupid question and give some stuff away. Today we have a pair of movie tickets from Fandango. You can get out and see him for uh, get out and see Ford versus Ferrari. So the question that I have for you this morning has to do with cows. Holston cows are primarily raised for what? Huh. 215-263-WMMR. What are they primarily raised for? I'm sure they use them for a few different things. But I'm not uh, as up on my cattle as I should be. What are Holston's primarily raised for? 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. I'll go through some birthdays while you're calling in. we got some uh, big ones as far as actors go. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, there you go. Oh. Yeah, Leo celebrates his 45th birthday today. Just watched The Revenant the other day. Yeah. Awesome movie, yeah, and he is. is sensational in it. I think of how I really—I don't know—I I didn't even like him on Growing Pains when he first. <laughs> I, I, I found him precocious <laughs> and annoying, and then at some point it switched, and I'm like, "This guy is a really good all-in actor." Yeah, yeah, I, I'm big fan of his for a long time, including Growing Pains. Uh, even though that's the classic thing to do when a. When a sitcom is on its way down, is like, let's introduce a new character. Well, you know, you know, uh, the Revenant is actually supposed to be a sequel to Growing Pains. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, a lot a... Of people don't know that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and what happened after the Seaver family? Okay. Boner. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Growing Pains in all its entirety is available on the Roku channel. Um, by the way, in <laughs> that's a double. By the way, just by the way, your own. By the way, does he say when he's on the Titanic? Does he say I'm the king of the world? Or on, I'm on top of the world. He says, stop the... farting into my groin. Okay. Because I'm the king of the world. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Because I saw, like, there was a meme on, on uh, social media that said, when he says I'm on top of the world, that he's literally at the bottom of the world because he's at sea level. Uh, and I'm like, I don't think uh, that's people what worry said. about that. Yeah, some people who write memes are idiots. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess you're I'm right. King there, of the world. It's actually, I'm king of the world. That's why James Cameron said it when he accepted the Oscar for it. Yep. Said yeah, I'm the king of the world. Up and holds the Oscar up and said I'm the king of the world. I totally don't remember that. Ah, okay. I'll tell you a movie of his. If it's on, I'll watch it. Almost any time at all is Catch Me If You Can. It's a great movie. It's one of those movies. It's just a lot of fun and really cool. I feel that way about The Aviator. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good movie. It is. And uh, Leo's great in all those. He's 45 today. Callista Flockhart. Were you into the Ally McBeal stuff when it uh, broke? Not really. I, I got it, into it. You know, heavy. I probably would have been because I like quirky sitcoms yeah. that have little offbeat, you know, character traits and things like that. And that definitely was that. Yeah, way. it was Walter Mitty-esque. You would sort of see which yeah. your fantasy world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, she and Harrison Port- Ford, I guess, are still together. Still, long time. You know, yeah. actually, Ali McBeal was the first time I ever saw the Dancing Baby. Remember the the classic. It's the first time I saw it appear on that was on that show. Yeah, was that it, "Give It to Me, Baby"? Uh, no, the, uh, that dancing baby. No, baby it was "Who Got Jaga." Who Got Jaga? It was uh, "Hooked on a Feeling." Is what the baby would dance to. Okay, but she had this dialogue between the dancing baby, right? Which exactly. was, uh, I guess, it was viral before viral really started right, becoming right. a thing. But uh, anyhow, yeah, I know what you're talking about, Steve. So she's 55 today. Uh, Demi Moore, who's been in the news a lot lately because of her memoir 
is uh, 57 years old today, opening up a lot about her life as that, far as uh, some of the struggles that she went through. That's on my book list. There was yeah. enough, enough there to make me want to check that out because uh, she had a lot. I had no idea. Her uh, her childhood, I always thought, oh, well, she's she's a looker. She's got had everything handed to her. Not so. Yeah. 57 today. Uh, on to music, Rudy Sarzo, bassist for Ozzy Osbourne. Also, Quiet Riot. This is where he got started in, in Quiet Riot. Uh, but he played with Ozzy and uh, Whitesnake. He was a member of as well. And just one of those solid 1980s rock bass players. Uh, he's 69 years so old So about today. the rock, did they have their own... Uh... Phone line as well, Preston. Is there? I don't know. <laughs> like quiet rock, uh, quiet riot. I don't to think be quiet so. and then riot. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit both. Uh, so he's sixty nine. Uh, going back to acting again. Another great actor. This is a guy I'd like to have in our studio. Stanley Tucci. Oh yeah, he is <laughs> so great in everything. Well, he's in a couple of my massive guilty pleasures. Well, uh, The Devil Wears Prada. That's a he's great in movie. Burlesque, which is a horrible movie. Oh my god. Uh, I've never and seen that. Uh, he's in a whole bunch of a whole bunch of great stuff. I mm-hmm. saw a, a Twitter poll over the weekend, uh, which was uh, the effect of the the question was which actor. When he shows up, he or she shows up in a movie, automatically makes that movie better. And uh, Stanley Tucci would be on that list for he me. He is. And I'm wondering how many times he's actually played a gay guy. Because he, yeah. he seems to always get cast as that guy who's handling the wardrobe department. Man, he was creepy in uh, The Lovely Bones. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I like that movie. I told uh, um, Kevin Gunn, our production director, I said in the in the MMR movie, I think, now, not that he looks anything like no. him, but he has some mannerisms. I think that, that Stanley Tucci oh, yeah. would be Kevin Gunn. Uh, so he's 59 today. Carson Cressley, speaking of gay characters, he is quite a character. He is gay. He's from uh, Queer Eye for the straight guy. I think he was the breakout dude on that show. He, he was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Went on to have his own, uh, a couple of television yeah. series. A show called How to Look Good Naked. Yeah. Uh, and he is celebrating his 50th birthday today. So happy birthday to Carson Cressley. Uh, also, Vinny Guadagnino. Oh, Vinny from the Jersey Shore. I'm part of a legendary acting family. <laughs> he is celebrating. He's, I thought, the, probably the least annoying. He was the most, seemed member. to be the most together. I saw, I guess, for a while, Casey was doing sort of a residency where he was hosting the Chippendale show oh, really? at a casino somewhere. He got into shape, but okay. uh, yeah, he's, uh, he seems to be the most stable. He's doing better than Ronnie. Yeah. And, yeah. and the situation. Yeah, the situation just got out of jail. That's yeah. right. So by comparison, way to go, Vinny. Did you see the situation got to, he was always in shape, but he he got jail muscles. No. The situation is all like jacked jail up. Jail muscles. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. I mean, what are you gonna do? Well, when Work you got out when you got I'm not gonna read. Yeah. <laughs> you got a face like that. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Read? <laughs> 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 Vinny's 32 and then the last birthday I saw actor Ty Sheridan uh, he played Wade in uh, the Ready Player One movie he was also Cyclops in uh, Age of Apocalypse he is uh, 23 years old today alright we'll see if we can get an answer to the stupid question in the world of cows Halstons are raised mainly for what 215263WMMR we'll go to Fran hi Fran Good morning, everyone. How are you? We're doing great, Fran. Uh, do you happen to know the answer, what they, uh, Halstons are primarily raised for? Milk. For dairy cows. Yeah, for their oh. milk. Yeah, the dairy cows, exactly. I thought for, like, fashion, like Halston. Hang on a second, Fran. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Halston. These are Holston. Oh, I'm sorry. A little bit different. 
Uh, so, Fran, hang on the line. We're going to get you a pair of movie tickets from Fandango. Start your engines, race into theaters with tickets from Fandango to see the action-packed rivalry of Ford versus Ferrari. Don't get sold out. Head to Fandango.com slash get tickets. At the box office, speaking of movies, this weekend, number one was Midway, and it brought in... Uh, $17.5 million. I, I was telling Preston this morning, I read a review that I think probably is what I was anticipating it to be. It's a great, great war movie. Uh, his History buffs need not apply. In other words, it's not really right. incredibly accurate, but oh, it, right. it, it depicts um, it depicts the battles and everything. But why do that? It, I mean, it's weird to say that that's lazy because there's a ton of work and all that stuff that goes into making a movie like this. But like... Can you just flush out the, uh, or is it flush out? Well, the, sometimes um, they do the they do the the, the more rah rah approach, and sometimes they do the more um, accurate. There was a there was a movie years ago called In Harm's Way, which, and there was a movie called Midway yeah. years ago with uh, Charlton Heston and Henry Fonda. But is he, it too much ass to just make it both? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so second place was Doctor Sleep. Meant to get out and see it this weekend, didn't you? Chance to. Uh, followed by Playing With Fire, Last Christmas was fourth. Then you have uh, Terminator Dark Fate, Joker, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Number eight was Harriet, followed by Zombieland Double Tap. And then number ten was The Addams Family. Uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston was honored with the People's Icon Award. Yes! At the People's Choice Awards last night. I totally uh, forgot. I just happened to stumble across it by accident, Preston. Her friend and murder mystery co-star, Adam Sandler, introduced her as an incredible, caring role model uh, with the biggest heart. He said, she's exactly the way you think she is, everybody. And then she told the crowd, thank you for this incredible honor. Uh, this town throws out a lot of awards, but the people's choice, this has always been special to me as actors. We don't do this for critics or for each other or to make our families proud. You know, we do this for the money, <laughs> which I thought was pretty great for her to say. And she said, no, I'm just kidding. We do it for you guys. We really do. Uh, none of us could do what we do if it was not for all of you. And you have all been so good to me. And she also thanked the cast of Friends as well. We have some audio clips. I'll play those in a moment. Meanwhile, Pink was honored with the People's Champion Award when she accepted her award. She told the crowd, there's so much to be done. I don't care about your politics. I care about your kids. I care about decency and humanity and kindness. Kindness today is an act of rebellion. There are people out there who don't have what you have. Help help them get it. Uh, there is a planet that needs help, and it feels good to help. She said, stop fighting with each other and help each other. So she was... Uh, Supporting some positivity. Zendaya took home two awards. One Ooh. for a female movie star for her role in Spider-Man Far From Home and drama TV star for her role in Euphoria. So the People's Choice Awards is like one skip up from the MTV. You know, like right. it, it, but it, but they love to get them. That's great. And they, they I think they know ahead of time because they're always there to accept. Other big winners uh, included Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man Far From Home, Stranger Things, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and Blackpink. Meanwhile, shows like Riverdale, The Big Bang Theory, and America's Got Talent took home one trophy apiece. I have uh, clips. Let's go with one uh, from Robert Downey Jr. and see what he had to say. Here we go. Wow, it has been a banner year. There's tons of phenomenal new talent on the rise and uh, appropriately a few tearful goodbyes as well. Oh, snap. That's what I wanted, that's what I wanted Tony to say to Thanos after he nabbed the gauntlet. I wanted to say, oh, snap. But I suppose I suppose I Am Iron Man was a uh, fitting final statement for the now late Mr. Stark. Folks come up to me on the street 
or we'll be at like a stop sign and they'll roll down the window and they say, I'm so sad. I cried when you died. <laughs> to which I respond, partly to remind myself, no, he died. I'm still here. Thank you for your condolences. I like uh, the old snap line. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Truth that's a good the, idea. The truth of the matter is, though, He's actually Tony Stark. He, he thinks otherwise, but he, I mean, he, who embodies that role more than Robert Downey Jr.? And the Kardashians won for Best Reality. Show. I was crying so hard when they got up. <laughs> I'm sure. It was the culmination of a career, and it was just amazing. Who all was, was there? I didn't see that part. Okay. I, it sounds like Kim in the clip. I, I saw some of the latter part, because as I said, I, I missed a lot of it. I had no idea it was on. Here we go. Let's see. Wow. Thank you guys so much. This this means so much because, you know, you guys, the fans voted for this, and this means everything to us. You guys have been there for us for 18 seasons. Um, we're almost done with season 18, and you've seen so many evolutions and growth and transformations from all of us personally, professionally, and we're just so Facially. glad that we're yeah. still entertaining 18 seasons later, so thank you. So we're still entertaining. When you, she said on 18 seasons, it's like finding out you've had a tumor for 18 years. Oh, my God. 18 years. 18 years. I remember when it first debuted, when they looked completely different. Yep. Uh, and also, Kevin Hart made his first public appearance. Oh, uh, I, that I, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, since the car accident, he accepted the Comedy Award for 2019. He walked out to Kanye West a stronger and received a standing ovation. So He's been out and about, though. They still say uh, he's got about a year left of physical rehab before he can get back to his full deal. But he can start back with uh, acting roles and all that stuff. He's got Jumanji coming out and other yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there you go. People's yeah. Choice Awards in Another the Another one for the history books. Uh, we're going to move on to some other stuff. This is pretty messed up. Roman Polanski is being accused of another sexual assault. The Chinatown director is being accused of raping Valentine Monnier in 1975 when she was 18 years old, according to reports. The alleged attack occurred at Polanski's chalet in Switzerland. Uh, Monnier, who's 62 now, a filmmaker, detailed the assault in La Parisienne, saying... It happened after they finished skiing, adding that it was extremely violent. Uh, she said, I had no links with him, neither personal nor professional, We har- and hardly knew him. Uh, she was a former model, apparently. Uh, she added, the reaction time is not worth forgetting. Rape is a time bomb. Uh, through his lawyer, though, the director firmly denies all accusations of rape, adding that uh, the allegations, which date back 45 years, have never been reported to judicial authorities. Uh, so he's also, there's there's no way he's ever coming back to the United States. No, no, no way. Uh, he's also fighting the Academy, who ousted him from its ranks after the Me Too movement uh, gained steam. Uh, famously fl- <laughs> fled the U.S. in 1978 uh, ahead of his sentencing after pleading guilty to statutory rape. Do you remember how that shook out? The Academy's uh, ejected like three people from their ranks: Harvey Weinstein. Roman Polanski and a guy who resold one of the statues. Oh, yeah. So both the people accused of rape and a guy who just went on eBay. Yep. Mm. Speaking of Harvey, his criminal trial for sexual assault and rape nears. The disgraced mogul is making more public appearances. Oh, that's good. Uh, He was spotted Thursday at Socialista, an invite-only Cuban-themed club run by Cipriani with branches in Dubai, London, Miami, and New York City. Weinstein was spotted at the club, reportedly watching Alexandra Vino perform a sexy dance for him and cuddling up to him, according to a video obtained by Page Six. I'd like a mojito, please. Vino and Weinstein were previously seen sharing some PDA last month at Downtime Bar in Alphabet City. 
on the that evening at downtime, Vino was uh, even spotted defending Weinstein when an actress, uh, Zoe Stuckless, expressed outrage that a rapist was present and no one was saying anything. Uh, still, after Page Six's report of their romance went viral, Vino denied it on uh, an Instagram story. She so, said, feeling a bit sad today from all the lies put out in the world. Okay. How people can make up stories and then believe them and spread them. Whoever is in the audience is not my concern. Uh, I feel taken advantage of by the press. Don't listen to their lies. So you think uh, like a Harvey Weinstein hookup would be a tough thing to get going because obviously he has this reputation. Mm. But maybe some people, you know, the same way people, there are women who will date convicts. Oh, yeah. Figure if that he gets clear of this stuff and gets any any clout again in Hollywood. Yeah. I don't know. It's, and he's it's still all got, horrific. He's still got lots of money. He does. Uh, Weinstein will go to trial in Manhattan Supreme Court in January, by the way. Uh, this is really interesting. Uh, Kathy gave me this story. Um, so Madonna yeah. is notoriously late for her concerts. Marissa and I were just talking about this over the weekend when she played here. She went on like two hours late or something. Two hours. Like, two yeah. hours. It was something God. stupid. And that's like the that. norm. So a Florida fan, a guy named Nate Hollander, is taking the singer to court over her late start times. He filed a lawsuit on Monday in Miami-Dade County Court Against both Live Nation and Madonna, he argues that the change in start times for her Madame X tour is a breach of contract made between the singer and the ticket buyer. In August, when Hollander bought the tickets to Madonna's December 17th show at the Fillmore Miami Beach, the concert was scheduled to begin at 8.30. But on October 23rd, Madonna and Live Nation changed the start time for that show and several others to 10.30 p.m., And for those like Hollander who bought tickets and now don't want to attend a concert that late, a refund has not been offered, he alleges. is So a question, when you purchase tickets, um, do they, uh, in the small print, reserve the right to change the time of the concert? I don't know. Uh, but attempts to resell won't make up for the money lost as tickets have now suffered an extreme loss of value because of the time change, he alleges. And that makes reselling impossible, he says. Hollander originally bought three tickets to Madonna's show, spending $1,024.95. Oh, man. He says in the filing, uh, but since the show is now starting later than originally planned, he claims that he... And the other ticket holders suffered actual and consequential damage, including, but not limited to, loss of consideration paid and the devaluation. And potency. He's now impotent, he said. I didn't know Uh, that. And Preston, she did a show in England, went on at 1230. Oh, come on. With the original ticket uh, stating like 830. So, I mean... And any, you know, obviously the Guns N' Roses legend was that, that they'd go on three, four hours later. Yep. You have to be respectful of your audience. And as I guess he was pointing out, there was a Tuesday night that for, for his tickets, this guy was uh, bringing the lawsuit. You know, you can't, when the show starts yeah. at 1030. Yeah. And when you've bought the tickets in advance and, you know, yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah. I, I understand that. So we'll see if it Hooray. goes. We'll see if it goes anywhere. We'll find out. Uh, the holiday season has officially started because Oprah revealed her list of favorite things. Wow. This year, the Lifestyle Maven features 79 items for shoppers, down from 107 last year. Uh, no matter who you're shopping for, there's always something on her list that will uh, suit. Uh, the question usually is, can you afford it? So a few Today, of them... we're talking to the grown-ups. This uh, show is about... 
pornography. <laughs> That's one of her favorite things. A few of the more notables uh, from the list worth $12,000 all told are, uh, let's see, the Link AKC Smart Dog Collar with GPS for $89. Is, is she giving any of this away or it's just a list? I think it's just a list. Yeah. yeah. No, no, she doesn't have an audience to give them to. Can yeah. she just do one show a year where right? she does that? <laughs> that uh, was, I, I have to admit, I was a sucker for that show every yeah. time. Just because I knew if I was sitting in the audience, I'd be getting one of those. Uh, for Nature Geeks, the Architecture of Trees book. That's $125. That's like socks on Christmas morning. For a book? Wow. Uh, let's see. Straw lovers can suck it up with Better Housewares extra wide glass straws for fifteen dollars. Yeah, yep. there's a straw for fifteen dollars. Oh, so yeah, they're um, I mean, you want to save the turtles, Preston? It's a Visco girl thing, but uh, they're these metal straws, so you don't have to drink out of plastic. You straws. know, it's happening with those now. People have been walking with the cops and the straws. Preston reported on there's a story about people suffering eye injuries and facial injuries because they fall down. And the straws go right through their skull. Mm-hmm. What was the luggage? Do you see that, Preston? Uh, no, I don't think I got luggage on here. I have just a couple more things. What, what can you tell us, Kath? I don't know. <laughs> I, I just saw a picture and it looked so cute. So I was wondering. Uh, no, this uh, here's the, if you love coffee, you can grab the DeLonghi uh, Dynamica fully automatic coffee and espresso machine. Is that a robot? That's $900. No, but we had a DeLonghi and that thing crapped out on us, man. <gasps> really? Yeah, I wasn't you too happy. Lying whore. You have another one now, right? Yeah. Yeah, we bought a different brand. And it starts good? with a B. Yeah, it's really good. I can't remember the name of it. I'll, I'll let you know. You know what one rock? It's the, the one Mr. we bought. Mr. Coffee. Mr. Freaking Coffee. It's yeah. in his name. Uh, flywheel home bike with built-in tablet. That's $2,000. Is that like a Peloton, I, I think guess? so. Yeah, it says tech-loving sweat friend, and you want to snag the flywheel home bike with built-in tablet. Huh. So I'm guessing that's what that's like. Uh, the APL Tech Loom Chelsea training shoes are two hundred and fifty dollars, and if you're into obscure beauty projects, uh, try the hundred and fifty dollar Foot Nanny Hemp Extract Spa Treatment. Oh, that's right up my alley. Yeah, the she's got Foot the, Nanny. She got soft pretzels on here. Does she? Yeah, she loves bucks. bread. You know. Yeah. So what like a kit? I guess to Eastern Standard Provision Soft Pretzel and Flavored Salt Gift Set for only uh, well originally sixty dollars. Now it's twenty percent off. Okay. All right. You know, I may actually peruse that list. To be honest, I'm so. looking at it right now. Are you seeing <laughs> anything you like? How about yeah. that straw, Kathy? Uh, no, but the lipstick looks good. That foot treatment looks good. I still have those. Those booties that uh, she recommended? That, no, no, no. That we uh, we talked about it, where it's like an exfoliator for your foot. Oh Which yeah, I bought them on Amazon for us. I really think we should do them. Well, are, are they? Uh, they're just for a treatment. Yeah, it's a treatment. So like, you put them on. They have this gel on the inside. They sit on for about thirty minutes. You take it off. You wash your feet, and then you just go about your day. But in like the next two or three days. Oh my god, I feel like I'm on. Walking on no, clouds. Your, your entire foot will peel like oh, all peels. of it, like in giant chunks. I Whoa. like that. I, but listen, when it's done, yes, you, you, have, you, feel you just like have bones. No, no, no. When it's finished, your feet are so soft. Oh. So you, you've used it? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah. I, don't know. I could get my feet back into fighting shape for modeling. <laughs> I, that's why I want you to do it. I thought I, you were a pet egg guy. Uh, I was. I haven't used it in a long, long time. Really? I'd How are you making out. your smoothies? I'd try that out. I've, I've, I've really <laughs> let my feet go. It's terrible. Uh, would, are, would you be ashamed to get back into the industry? Or, or I mean, are you, the, there is a certain amount of reverence in the foot modeling industry, and, and you're a legend. But I think there is like a seniors category, yeah, so yeah. maybe I could fit You're like the that. Lee Trevino of yeah. uh, foot <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. Uh, Wheel of Fortune's longtime host, Pat Sajak, is reportedly 
on the mend after emergency surgery. And guess what? Vanna White is stepping in to host in the meantime. I thought this was kind of cool because interesting. She, everyone knows it's the great thing of television and what careers are, are built. She does. She points at lights is yeah. what she does. Yeah. I wonder how she'll do as a host. But I think, hasn't she done this before? Has not, she done it and I run the know. game? No. Not that I've ever seen. The, the most taxing aspect of her that. job was actually rotating the letters. Now she simply points to them. Yeah, well, how? She's not going to do both. And how are they going to find somebody to point at letters? Mickey Mouse is going to do it. Okay. That's a good question. Who's going to come out and... Uh, yeah, in, it's Mickey Mouse. Oh, seriously? Yeah, because it's a Disney show. They're going to have Mickey Mouse come out and do the pointing to the They'll letters. do an animated uh, thing? I think a, a Mickey Mouse in a costume. Oh, yeah. Okay, nice. Uh, Sajak was rushed to the hospital with a blocked intestine oh, on boy. Thursday. Oh. And, uh, yeah, they had, to, they had to cancel the filming. And they had so to perform a radical hysterectomy. They're going to have... No, that's for women. Oh. Uh, they'll have a... Well, he's Vanna, do a refund. Vanna cover. That's interesting. <laughs> Mark Summers and Pat are really good friends. Yes. And I think Matt, uh, Mark told us one time that uh, they only tape like five or six weeks out of the year. It's, it's a really light schedule. Yeah, they knock a bunch out in yeah. a day. They'll do like four in a day. And so they can uh, they can just get them all done real quick. And then he's got the rest of the year off. So honestly, oh, again, why we always ask, Preston, why would you ever give up that plum gig? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to go back to Kevin Hart. I mentioned him in the People's Choice Awards. He was spotted out at L.A. Hotspot Mr. Chow for dinner with his wife, Iniko Parrish, on Friday. Still recovering from the car crash in September. He was discharged after less than two weeks. In the hospital following the crash, he's expected to make a full recovery. Really? That's it? He was just seen having dinner? That's the story? <laughs> I mean, I highlighted it. I flipped through it. <laughs> you, you didn't... But I thought there was a little more to it than that. Huh. Wow. Well, that's good. Does it he's... say what well, he has? What did he like have? Us. Maybe that's the story. I yeah. wish there was more. No. No? What about it? Perhaps he left an incredibly large oh, tip. Here it is. No. You know what? He ate a lobster like uh, the movie Splash where he just chowed right <laughs> in. He ate directly into the shell. That is the story. That's the That's story. The story. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Dear awesome. Lord. This is the prep. Let's move on to real entertainment news. Amber Heard is requesting that her ex-husband, Johnny Depp, submit to a mental health assessment. You can go straight to hell. According to new court documents obtained by The Blast. Johnny's relationship. You're a lunatic. Uh, the court document read, I'm a cowboy. Jo- Johnny's relationship with reality oscillates depending on upon his interaction with alcohol and drugs. You oscillate, bitch. <laughs> wow. Johnny's paranoia, delusions, and aggression increase throughout our relationship. So has my awareness fly. of his continued <laughs> substance abuse, uh, it said. She's, uh, she's probably right. Depp filed a $50 million defamation suit against Heard after she penned an op-ed in the Washington Post about her experience as a victim of domestic violence. While she didn't name Depp, the implication was quite clear. I'm so. a ricker. You're what? A ricker. A rocker. A rocker. Oh, a rocker. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, 55-year-old Russell Crowe was spotted inside the Sydney airport with his hands down the back of his pants <laughs> and a noticeably enhanced girth. Oh, some, wow. some speculate he may be packing on the pounds for a roll. I just think he's getting fat. He's just probably. getting fat. He um, just took a dump in my pants. He's uh, currently <laughs> filming the Georgetown Project, and I don't know what that's all about. It's about but... a guy who gets fat. Okay. Well, yeah. then he's uh, certainly playing method for this. We want you to be part of an experiment where we make a formerly attractive actor incredibly fat. <laughs> that's perfect for him. No, I, you know, I like him, though, in his current state. I like his, um, you wow. know. 
Well, that's so the, that's the picture. He firmly has his he, he actually <laughs> his hands down the back of his sweatpants. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, the... he wants. Oh, then yeah, then, yeah, he, sure then he pulled them out. Did he do like a yeah? <laughs> Stink oh bomb somebody. <laughs> wow. wow. So it is Gladiator. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the market for a mink coat covered in Gucci logos, you're in luck because Chris Jenner is selling hers on her family's Kardashian closet website for fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Kathy, uh, fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. target price. Cool. Uh, so wait a minute. This is the Kardashian closet website. Do they sell their their used clothing? This Probably. is actually a thing. There's a couple of websites that take, uh, <clears throat> but that basically your, uh, as they say, slightly used uh, yeah. stuff that you just want to cycle through. I'm sure. sure and you put it up on this line. Now, this is probably entirely her. Well, and it's also like, extremely expensive stuff that you're now getting for a discounted price, which probably looks brand new. There are a ton of sites like so that. So they, they only 50000 They could sell it for more than they bought it for. Because, because they the, used it. them. Yeah. Uh, What's it called? Kardashian Closet? Yeah, with a K, of course. Closet is spelled with a K. Uh, Jenner's uh, section of the closet features a number of other items, including a Christian Dior Fox, uh, Zandra Rhodes mink and East Saint Laurent mink for between five and seven thousand dollars. So these are legitimate furs, right? Because they got in a lot of trouble. The whole family's been in trouble for using. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this fur is pro- so. Maybe that's what they're trying to do: get rid of all this. I'm not sure. Uh, fans thus far appeared unfazed by the sky high prices. Jenner has managed to offload more than a few Hermes Birkin bags for five figures. Now, speaking of. That family, they're starting to make preparations for their annual Thanksgiving dinner. And unlike uh-huh. most families, instead of arguing about who's going to bring the sweet potato casserole, they're apparently arguing about whether or not they'll hire a chef to cook this year's Of course dinner. they will. Uh, this was on The Real, where co-host uh, Adrian uh, Balin, uh, Rob Kardashian's ex, by the way, oh asked him if they're enjoying cooking their own Thanksgiving dinner. Now, while Chloe says she does, Kim revealed that it was actually their big argument right now. Because they're debating if they should have a chef or not. Uh, She said, we've been talking about this cooking thing. Uh, You feel like we should cook. You feel like we should cook it on our own. Kylie and mom thinks we should get a chef, Kim said. She said, it's like split. Shut the f*** up. Courtney said that uh, last Thanksgiving the family didn't have enough food, which could be because Chloe wasn't there. Uh, she said, I cook and clean everything, Thanksgiving by myself. Chloe likes to stalk and kill her own food. Uh, she said, I did it all. I'm normally in Cleveland cooking every single dish. I love it. Yeah, I saw some f- footage, uh, Preston, of Chloe being fed one day. Mm. And it's very cool because there's these large pillars that come up and then they throw uh, bok choy oh. into her mouth. Uh, Chloe said that she loves to cook an Oreo cake for Thanksgiving dinner, though Courtney said she's never had it before. Wow, this is an incredible story. This, it, this makes that Kanye West story look like nothing. Isn't it, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love this. Super Nanny is coming back. Oh, Did wow. Did you watch that show? I I have a bit of a crush on, on yeah, the Super yeah. Nanny. I think she is really cute. Maybe they could do it with Kay Parker this time. Right? I think she's actually hot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe Frost is in the building and ready to transform families' lives as Super Nanny returns with an all-new season on Lifetime. Uh, the series, which ran on Channel 4 in the U.K. from 04 to 08 and on ABC in the U.S. from 05 to 2010, will return with 20 new episodes in January. Oh, I'm thinking of a different woman because there, there was there another nanny show with a um, slightly more portly woman, a more matronly looking. That's her. This is this is her. She she's, looks much better. Uh, this is yeah, that's a super nanny. Huh. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's flying right now. I can see. No, she's definitely uh, she's a big gal, but uh, something. 
hot about it. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. I don't know what it is. So uh, uh, the show was good, I remember. Uh, it will always remain a privilege, she said, to be educating and helping families evolve and making a difference. Uh, she said, thank you, Lifetime, for bringing this groundbreaking show back to families nationwide at a time in the world when we desperately need need it most. So the new season of Super Nanny premieres January 1st, 10 p.m. on Lifetime, by the way. Uh, let's do clips. Yeah. All right. An exciting Monday when you can do clips. A young anti-social computer programmer works as a cybersecurity engineer during the day, but at night he is a vigilante hacker in the series Mr. Robot. In this clip, Carly uh, Chaikin discusses how the show has changed the image of what most people think a hacker looks like. People have this idea that it's like someone in the basement of their mom's house sitting at the computer. So I'm always down to create our own thing of... Here's like a cool girl who is really smart and a great hacker. Shut up, dummy. Uh, Mr. Robot is on Sundays at 10 p.m. and that's on USA. How was that recorded on? I don't know. It was a little overmodulated. Just a bit. Here's the next clip. The Voice is continuing its uh, 17th season with the live playoffs for its top 20 comp- competitors. And in this clip, John Legend talks about his main focus when coaching. The thing I emphasize the most in my coaching is storytelling. Um, It's important for you to understand what the song is trying to say, to use your voice, to use your body, to tell that story in a way that really resonates with the audience. So I'm looking at the judges. So it's him, Kelly Clarkson, Blake Shelton. Who's Who's this girl, Casey? Do you have any idea? It's Gwen, isn't it? Oh, is that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that doesn't even look like her. Interesting. It's in the promo uh, picture that we're We were talking at. about how much we, we miss uh, Adam Levine and Blake fighting it out <laughs> on the show press. And that, oh, was, yeah. that was everything for us. It was so real. Oh, it was yeah. so that real. Tension. They get into these big things. Jesus. Wait, Adam's not on it anymore? No, he's not no, on it. He left no. the show and they no. replaced him with John Legend. Yeah. Well, um... Well, don't don't they just switch everybody out all the time? They anyway? do occasion, but there's okay. some... But they're like Blake Shelton has been on for a long time. Yeah. Gwen Stefani's been on. Uh, you know, depending on what their career uh, requirements are. Right, right, if they have time to do it. Yeah. Do it. All right, there you go. Your entertainment report this morning. Uh, we shall take a break and come back. we got the sun coming up. It's a beautiful-looking day. High's going to be around 63 or so. Believe it or not, we have some snow showers on the way tomorrow. Nothing crazy, but it is going to give us a little taste of winter. Uh, Kate Flannery is going to be joining us on the program today. Actor Daniel Roebuck will be in our studio. We have a concert announcement and more. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us, please. Hey gang, starting Monday, December 2nd, we are camping out and broadcasting our show from Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. It's Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger, benefiting Phil Abundance and fueled in part by Energy Transfer. Now join us for special guests each morning inside the warm confines of the Beanbow Bakery's USA broadcast tent with free hot coffee from Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Join us on site and drop off your non-perishable food donations at the General Building Contractors Association Demolish Hunger Donation Area. Camp Out would not be possible without the generosity of you, our great friends and listeners, and our partners. Mid-Atlantic Packaging, Xfinity from Comcast, Mayfair Fence, Town Square Rentals, Pods Moving and Storage, Ryan Party Rentals, and National Event Services. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. From 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to expand our minds. We have uh, a presentation from the historian. This the historian. Yes. Time is like an onion, and the historian peels back the various layers to show us what came before. Mm. 
Now from the library high atop Beasley Studios in Bella Kinwood. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Uh, so today is Veterans Day. Yes. Uh, and obviously we celebrate uh, all those who uh, wear the uniform and have uh, currently and in the past have worn the, the uniform. Uh, but we have uh, a, a, an anniversary that takes place the day before that directly relates to our great city. And that is the birth uh, the birthday of the United States Marine Corps. Yeah. Which, uh, where it is, took place at Tun Tavern in Philadelphia. Legendary. And, there's, there's a li- and I thought it'd be good to, to hear the story of the Tun Tavern as a historian. I have a couple of things that took place uh, in and around today uh, that I'm going to get to in the historian segment this morning. Uh, but the Tun Tavern, not just the birthplace of the Marine Corps. There's some other really big things that happen. A lot of history associated with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and you'll be surprised. So uh, let's stroll down memory lane a little bit. It was erected in 1686. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very old. Obviously, it's not there anymore, but um, Cookies is where they kind of have the party now. Right. Uh, but it was at the intersection of King, which is later called Water Street, and Tun Alley by settler Joshua Carpenter, brother of Samuel Carpenter, a Quaker merchant who made a fortune trading in Barbados. Now, Joshua Carpenter built the Tun on the caraway that led to Carpenter's Wharf. Tun Tavern was named for the old English word tun, meaning a barrel or a keg of beer. So it was named for beer. There you That's go. The Tun yeah. Tavern, the beer tavern, the keg tavern, whatever you want to call it. Uh, in the 1740s, a restaurant appellation called Peggy Mulan's Red Hot Beef Steak Club. <laughs> I like that. was added to the name of the tavern. So it was the Tun and Peggy's uh, M- Peggy Mulligan's Red Hot Beef Steak Club. What year is this again? That's a great name. Yeah. That was in the 1740s. So it had been around for a long time. So well before, before they, yeah. Before they added Peggy's to it. The establishment. Like a, uh, like a place that Ben Franklin would want to go to. Yeah, yeah. Totally, right? Uh, in fact. There's Red Hot Beef there. Uh, he was a regular there. Oh, well. Uh, So, Tun Tavern hosted the first meetings of a number of organizations in 1720. The first meetings of the St. George's Society, which is a charitable organization founded to assist needy Englishmen arriving in the new colony. Uh, Predecessor of today's Sons of Society of St. George was held there. And listen to this, Steve, and this will speak uh, directly to uh, you and I doing something recently. In 1732... The Tun Tavern hosted the first meeting of St. John's Lodge Number no. 1 of the Grand Lodge of the Masonic Temple. The Masonic Temple of Philadelphia recognizes Tun Tavern as the birthplace of Masonic teachings in America. So the so Cookies, is does it sit directly on? It is What's no, on that lot? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm not 100% on that. If somebody knows, they could certainly let us know. But I don't know what... I mean, the historian can't know everything. I don't know what is precisely at the location of the original Tun Tavern. I don't know. In, so so the Masonic, uh, uh, the um, the Masons... Yes. ...started there in, in America. That's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so the Tun Tavern in 1747, the Tun Tavern became the founding place of the St. Andrews Society, which, like the St. George's Society, helped newly arrive Scottish. So the St. George's was for English, and the St. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the um, um, the St. John. Let me get all these right. It's tough. It's a lot. I mean, you're the historian. Give yourself a break. The St. George's Society was for the English, and the uh, St. Andrews Society was for the new Scottish. So anyhow, you know, it was the first also place a restaurant, the first 
a restaurant that held Quizzo Night, but at that time there were only seven facts. So <laughs> uh, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So you had a there pretty... were only seven questions you could ask. Good shot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tun Tavern was a significant meeting place for other groups and individuals. In 1756, Benjamin Franklin used the inn as a recruitment gathering point for the Pennsylvania militia. Wow. Uh, the tavern later hosted a meeting of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and the Continental Congress. In October 1775, a seven-man naval committee included John, including John Adams, appointed by Congress, crafted Articles of War to build America's first naval fleet that, in the Tun Tavern. That's like um, staging Operation Desert Storm at Chickies and Pete. Yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah, according to tradition, Tun Tavern was where the United States Marines held their first recruitment drive. So here's the, here's right. the, the birth of the Marines. On November 10th, 1775, so 244 years yesterday, huh. the Second Continental Congress commissioned the innkeeper and former Quaker Samuel Nicholas to raise two battalions of Marines in Philadelphia. The tavern's manager, Robert Mullen, uh, was the chief Marine recruiter. It's Mullen or Mulan, I'm not sure. Uh, though legend places its first recruiting post at Tun Tavern, the historian Edward Simmons uh, surmises that it was more likely the Conestoga Wagon uh, a tavern owned by the Nicholas family. Quick question. Uh-huh. So uh, the the purpose of the raise the, these battalions of Marines. What were they? What were they originally charged with doing? So I'm glad you asked that. The earliest Marines were deployed aboard Continental Congress Navy vessels. Okay. They were sharpshooters. Aha. Uh-huh. So like in, you remember in the movie Master and Commander. Yeah, yeah. They had Marines on the they ship. They did. Yes. And you know what? To this day. Uh, when I, I I took a tour, uh, and, and I'm not sure if it was the same one we did, Steve, of uh, of one of the of, of the uh, John C. Stennis aircraft carrier, but there are Marines on those ships, and their job is to protect the ship. They are all, they're basically the the police of the ship. They're not like MPs, but they're basically no. they're from foreign yeah from from foreign issues. And anybody right. who is against the United States that tries to attack right. or, or board, it's the Marines that are the ones that are going to protect. The ship, so that's that's where the connection to the Navy. Came. Yeah, that's yeah. Why you have the Navy SEALs, and a lot of Marines will try to you know ad, yeah. uh, be a part of that. So, uh, so I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. So the uh, each year on November 10th, U.S. Marines worldwide toast the memory of the Colonial Inn as the officially acknowledged birthplace of their service branch. How proud are you of the fact that the Marines, this is... Yeah! This area. That is so cool. Yeah. So, Steve, you'd asked earlier about uh, Carpenter's Wharf, where uh, the Tun Tavern originally stood. Basically, that's under 95 at this point. So, where where it once was, yeah... Um, it's uh, the interstate goes right along the Delaware River at that point. So uh, the original location for Tun Tavern is not really viable anymore as a location. It's funny if you think of these terms, like you talk about the, you know, the, the early 1600s through the early 1700s. And we were over at the uh, Masonic Temple there, right next to City Hall, when they were telling us about, you know, they actually gave the land to the city for the, uh, or struck a deal for City Hall to be built. But when they put that location there, which is, again, right adjacent to City Hall, they picked that area because they felt it was away from the city. Yeah, yeah. And it was obviously it's right in the heart of it now. Yeah, yeah. I mean West Philadelphia was like uh, the suburbs, right? You know and I mean? that's exactly how they described yeah. it. We, we want to get away from it all. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so that was two hundred and forty-four years ago uh, yesterday. Now, 
44 years ago, since we're in the historian mode, I have another story of a significant event that took place. Uh, and you have heard us mention this many times because we've played the song many times. It was It's the anniversary of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. There's still no trace of survivors. Oh, I, I thought that was the song. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the button. That's the news release. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. We, the song, yeah. Obviously, the song has memorialized... Uh, what went down, and that's when we lost Ella Fitzgerald. No, no, no. It was the Edmund Ed- Fitzgerald. Oh, and uh, Ella Fitzgerald. And word has come that Ella Fitzgerald has sank aboard a tanker. <laughs> uh, no, but would you like to hear the story? Of the Ella Fitzgerald? I find this... the Edmund Fitzgerald. I... This is the morning of, completely unaware. You know how the... How the that sounds like gibberish to me. How the band played uh, on the Titanic. Right. Yeah. They asked her to come up on deck. Scat sing to calm everyone down. That's the distress signal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't understand it. <laughs> People along the shore said they heard scat singing. Yeah. So do we have the, the actual the Gordon Lightfoot Yeah, song? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for it. Uh, oh, here we go. We have her scatting, Edmund. but we don't have Gordon Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. What kind of world are we living? The legend is there you go. The lake it is I love this song. It's a great song. You know what's interesting about this song is it pointed out to me that the song has no chorus. There's no chorus hmm. in uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald. Except uh, get laid, get effed. Oh, <laughs> just like Moni Moni. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's also, it's a it's kind of a droning. There's a, yes. it's, it's repeated. There's no changes. Like a dirge almost. In the uh, in the chords. And it's a, it's a really interesting construct for a song. And it's a great song. And it yeah. obviously tells a story of the SS Edmund Fitzgerald, yeah, which I will share with you in a moment. There's no room in today's music for historical songs, right? Well, who let the dogs out? <laughs> Do we ever find out? Two. Do we ever find out who no, let the dogs no, out? No, still. And yeah. uh, even, uh, you know, the legend they say, mm. uh, the, the dogs they said never give up their dead mm. when the dog bones of November come early. Right. So the SS Edmund Fitzgerald was an American Great Lakes freighter that sank in a Lake Superior storm November 10th, 1975. So people think it's like, you know, the 40s or something. It's 75. It's not that long ago, but. Right. Uh, and with the loss of the entire crew of 29, when it was launched in 1958, it was the largest ship on North America's greatest lakes and remains the largest to have sunk there. That's why the legend. I mean, number one, 29 guys died. They never found the bodies and all that stuff. And it was horrible. Uh, but it was the largest, and it shouldn't have happened, and they still don't know why it happened. Uh, for they si- believe that at that point in time, Ella Fitzgerald was a bit overweight. Okay, and finally... <laughs> and the ballast situation was thrown off. Tipped the scales. And that was it. No, uh, yeah, it's it's one of the great mysteries of uh, of the lakes. Yeah. And the lakes are all the, the lakes are... Replete with uh, mysteries and and uh, missing ships and things hey, of that nature. They're ocean size. I mean, they're they're they are s- the size of a sea. They're so big you couldn't even pick them up. Yeah, for, well, that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for 17 years, Edmund Fitzgerald carried uh, carried tassinite iron ore from mines near Duluth to ironworks in Detroit and Toledo and other Great Lake ports. 
As a workhorse, she set seasonal haul records six times, often breaking her own previous record. Uh, Captain Peter Pulser uh, was known for piping music day or night over I'm the ship. I'm Peter Pulser, and I pipe music perpetually. Peter Pulser perpetually pipes music. Why didn't he add that in the song here? Right. Peter pays the birthday. Picked a pack of pipe pipers. Uh, he piped music all day or night over the ship's intercom while passing through uh, these... Rubber baby buggy bumpers. <laughs> Two tree toads tied together, tried to trot to town. <laughs> I slipped the sheets and the sheets. <laughs> uh, while passing through the St. Clair and Detroit rivers uh, between Huron and Erie and entertaining spectators at the Sioux Locks. Uh, with a running commentary about the ship. God, they uh, must have been bored. Her size, record-breaking performance, and the DJ captain endeared Edmund Fitzgerald, the boat watchers. He was a DJ. Uh, care- well, you know, he would play the music. <laughs> <it's> across- <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to hear Sandstorm? <laughs> uh, carrying a full cargo of ore pellets with Captain Ernest uh, McSorley in command, she embarked on her ill-fated voyage. Um, <laughs> yeah! We're delivering some pyrite! Uh, from Superior, Wisconsin, near Duluth, on the afternoon of November 9th on 1975, en route to a steel mill near Detroit, uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald joined a second freighter, the Arthur M. Anderson. By next day, the two ships were caught in a severe storm on Lake Superior with near-hurricane-force winds and waves up to 35 feet high. So wow. when you say that this, again, you think of a lake, this is, you know, for all oh. intents and purposes, an ocean. Yep. And uh, the the legend uh, of those lakes, especially Superior, is that you can go from placid to raging storm right. very quickly. Yep. Uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald suddenly sank in Canadian waters, 530 feet deep, about 17 miles from Whitefish Bay, uh, and it, that's near Ontario. Uh, a distance Edmund Fitzgerald could have covered in just over an hour at her top speed. So uh, they were almost there. They almost made it. Uh, Edmund Fitzgerald previously reported being in significant di- difficulty to Arthur Anderson. Uh, so he's he's reporting the other boat. Uh, saying, I have a bad list, lost both radars, uh, and I'm taking heavy seas over the deck, one of the worst seas I've ever been in. However, no distress... Put Elephus Gerald on, please. No distress signals were sent before she sank. Captain McSorley's last message to Anderson was, we are holding our own. Uh, Her crew of 29 died. No bodies were recovered. The exact cause of the sinking boat remains unknown. Uh, though many books, studies, and expeditions have examined it, I watched a, a Net Geo documentary on it, and they one of the uh, hypotheses, I guess, that was floating around is a a number of their cargo hatches on the deck were insufficiently closed, which caused the ship to basically flood and sink with that weight quickly. Yeah, so the 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 theories are it could have been swamped, could have suffered structural failure or topside damage. Could have been shoaled or suffered from a combination of those or maybe a rogue wave. I know it's uh, obviously not a tropical location, but uh, can you dive this wreck? Uh, yes. I, uh, no, I think it's too deep. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. It's it was... 530 feet, you said. No, 530 feet. So, yeah. You know what, Nick? I don't know what the story is. So, they they went down, and, and I think the picture, we have a split screen here on the uh, on the studio monitor, yeah, and that's okay. from, from the... Um, 
I think that might be from the Nat Geo special I was okay. watching. Yeah. They did suggest, though it's a remote chance, uh, Preston, the Kraken. Oh, yeah. really? Wow. Well, did they rule it out entirely? Not entirely. Okay. Uh, it's one of the best known in history of Great Lakes shipping. And, of course, Gordon Lightfoot made the subject of his song in 1976. So it went down in, was it 1975? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just a year later that uh, that song hit. And it was a huge hit song. So they're playing audio the, uh, of them. And they every every year, and, and especially in this year, this uh, to recognize that they, they read the names and hit the, the bell for each each person. Mm-hmm. Do you have the news report when it, re- uh, case of the... Uh... Yes. Or at least who let the dogs out. I do not. Uh, well, I have that too, right. but uh, give me a second. So By the way, the sinking led to changes in Great Lakes shipping regulations and practices that include mandatory survival suits, depth finders, Jeez. positioning systems, increased freeboard, and more frequent inspection of vessels. So it, it uh, they had to change things. So here's the report. There is still no trace of survivors in the Great Lakes freighter Edmund Fitzgerald, which capsized in Lake Superior last night. From Thunder Bay, Jim Simonak. We don't know whether the 729-foot ore carrier, the Edmund Fitzgerald, broke in half, capsized, or nosedived into Lake Superior. But its disappearance last night was sudden. There wasn't even a mayday or even an SOS. The boat was on radar surveillance for 10 minutes by an accompanying boat, but about 7.30 last night it vanished. Winds were gusting up to 80 miles an hour, and waves were swelling to 25 and 40 feet on the lake. The Edmund Fitzgerald is at the bottom. And there's no doubt about that. The search helicopters have already found considerable debris. Lieutenant William Holtz of the U.S. Coast Guard base in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, says the vessel has been officially declared lost. Man, and 35... Thanks for that report, Jim. I'm sleeping with your wife. Thank you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for that report, Jim. I've been sleeping with your wife. What? How has that not become part of the legend and lore of this story? If there's any time to go for it. All right. Wow. No, but he mentions uh, 35 to 40 foot waves, swells. When we were just in Hawaii and I went out for a dive, they had a swell that was coming in to the... the, um, uh, the south of the uh, of the island of, of Oahu, and so we we had to get out past the break on this very small boat. It was yes. a dive boat, and it was ten foot swells. Dear God, yeah. I mean, we were. It felt huge as those as we were going over the break, and I can't even imagine what thirty forty foot waves. Uh, would I be I like. can because we were actually out on a on a cruise ship, the Olympia. I've told you this story. And two hurricanes had crossed paths, and we were in twenty five to thirty five foot swells. <laughs> And um, now, mind you, um, I was too stupid to be terrified. I was a little kid. But the um, Preston, the swells would rise so high. We were on the promenade deck there where you go up to sort of view everything. And they had protective, you know, glass and all that stuff. And we were actually, there were secure lines to pull yourself across if you were dumb enough to go up and look. But there were points at which the swells would rise so high you couldn't see the sky. Wow. And that... that, uh, I, I have that that vision, that memory burned into my mind. Uh, by the way, a texter said they have banned further dives from the Edmund Fitzgerald uh, to the wreckage due to it uh, being considered a memorial now. So you can't go down there now. They say that, imagine- although on a, on, on a 
summer night, if you're anywhere in the distance, you can hear the scat singing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, off in the of, distance, uh, yeah, of, echoing yeah, off yeah, the lake Gerald, yeah. and bouncing all around, I would imagine. Yeah, it's that's well, got to be kind of haunting. Well, yeah, and sound does travel, like, really far time, uh, yeah. in, in, on, on water, correct? Yes. yes. Okay, yes. see, I didn't. Absolutely that. can. Still stalling for him to get it. <laughs> I know. That's okay. We're not, I, I mean, all three of those it. sound clips that you want uh, are, are, like, nowhere near each other. <laughs> I know. It's a, uh, <laughs> oh, but I got it. <laughs> Listen, you can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's this stuff like that. These these mysteries like the Mary Celeste and the uh, and the Bermuda Tri- anything that has a, nord- a nautical, you know, the lost ships and and the le- these legends I find fascinating and 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 this thing which they have really yet to forensically solve what happened. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, you know, look at the the, the the squadron like for example in the uh, the Bermuda Triangle that went off and got lost and well, the ocean is the great beyond. I mean, yeah. here on Earth, it's like you know, you just look out and it's just <laughs> right. It's it's a desert of sorts. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah. My son was just asking me about the uh, Bermuda Triangle over the weekend. He's like, "Why does anybody ever go there? Like, why? You know, at, like Jace asked me the exact same question. Really? Why would anyone ever go there? Yeah. Do you know the truth of the matter is though, if you were to take any triangle of ocean, by the way, the, yeah, the Bermuda right, right. Triangle actually runs through Miami. So uh, if you if you uh, were to take that triangle and 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 apply it to anywhere coastally along you know well populated mm-hmm. cities or where there's a lot of nautical traffic, you would find a lot of the same sort of stuff okay. and, well, and, and mysteries thing. about that particular area. Yeah, there's a ton of traveling that <laughs> right, is yeah, done yeah. through that area, so that's why there have been a lot of incidents. And it's yeah, it can all be pretty much explained from what I understand. So uh, anyway, I have another historian story. And it's uh, in tandem to Veterans Day. And, you know, we I love this. A great way to acknowledge uh, Veterans Day. We had mentioned uh, Tun Tavern, obviously, in the birth of the United States Marine Corps. Now, this more speaks to Memorial Day, but it does have to do with, uh, obviously, people who served in the military. And this is the history of a group, the Professional Mourners of Arlington Cemetery. I've heard about this. And uh, it's a very interesting story. Sorry, I have to have my just pipe. a quick question. I have um, to have my pipe whenever I'm doing the uh, uh, the before you go into it, story yeah. to that and a, a pipe smoker. Mm-hmm. Is it um, would it look weird if you were to put the pipe in your front the front of your teeth and have it stick out completely hard? Does anyone smoke a pipe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like it has to be off to the side? Yeah, it does look it has stupid to be that way. Side, yeah. Yes, most definitely. Out front, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> Plus, it doesn't fit right in your teeth. Are there, are there, it's a little sensitive on your incisors. Did you hear what happened to the elephant, Gerald? Yeah. Yeah. Put it over here to the... Uh, now, if it were a bowl, it would look weird if you put it off to the side. But uh, in the... In, oh, if I was yeah. sparking one up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. You but, but I also wouldn't just sit here and hold it in my mouth <laughs> and puff on it right. a little bit. Do you, you inhale pipe smoke? I think you can a little bit. I don't think you do. It's like cigars. I mean, for the most part, you're not inhaling it, but occasionally people will inhale a tiny bit, right? I think isn't the purpose of a pipe, and not to go off on a tangent here, but you're you're sort of, you like that aroma, and you're sort of... Part of it. Puffing it out. You're not... not, It definitely tastes better than... You don't draw it in. Mm. You're you're not supposed to. I mean, it's unfiltered smoke and all right. that. Um, and there are some people that will uh, occasionally uh, inhale a cigar. Uh, you're Man, really- the first time I did or <laughs> smoked a cigar, I inhaled this smoke because I figured, <clears throat> oh dear God, you turned physically green. I, I, I puked. Uh, smokers don't <laughs> tend. Here you go. 
<laughs> it says smokers don't tend to inhale uh, pipe smoke as much as cigarette smokers, but some nicotine still reaches the bloodstream after being absorbed through the lining of the mouth. But I think some people will occasionally inhale. Just yeah, sure. All right, sure. Like that. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, remember boom, boom, boom. Te- teaching yourself how to inhale cigarette smoke? No. You didn't have like a, okay. There was I a, just don't remember it. I know I you did. Would, you would puff on the cigarette and then you would go, my mom. That what? that was like the big thing. It was like. <laughs> what? You would puff you on would. the cigarette. No, 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 no. That was like a thing. Hi, Grandmom. When me and my friends were learning how to inhale cigarettes. Hi, Grandmom. So you would say that you as go, you were inhaling? Like, yeah, like, my mom. Yeah. Like your mom was catching you smoke cigarettes. Okay. No, I don't remember that at all. Oh, short, about anybody silly? remember that? Let us know. Back to the historian. All right, so... I'm As a, if I was the one who detracted. It's all you. Yeah, it no, no, it's just weird. <laughs> no. All right, so we're, we're going Mama. with this. Uh, Hoyt. <laughs> Not the only one. My mom. Um, all right, so on a serious note. Yes. Uh, Hoyt Vandenberg, chief of uh, staff for the United States Air Force, was driving to his office in the Pentagon in 1948, and he noticed a funeral being conducted at Virginia's Arlington National Cemetery. Aside from the chaplain and the honor guard, there was no one there at all, and he didn't like it. Soldiers, he felt, deserved the presence of at least one civilian to bear witness to their burial. So his wife, Gladys, agreed, and she set about recruiting friends and wives of the enlisted to begin attending Air Force funerals. Even though many of the deceased were complete strangers, they called themselves the Officers' Wives Club and acted as both military representatives and as proxies for family members who might not be able to afford to travel to Arlington for services. By 1973, so this went on for several years, that was 1948, by 1973, the Army formed its own version. In 1985, the Navy followed suit, and in 2006, the Coast Guard organized a group of their own. However, the Marines sent a commandant representative to funerals, so they were already covered. Uh, collectively, the roughly 150 women are known as the Arlington Ladies. Participation is usually by invitation only, with the group largely made up of ex-military members or their spouses 40 years and older. If a woman is invited to join, she is first instructed to sit at funerals as an apprentice, observing the customs of the role depending on which branch of service she's been assigned. There's there's a there's a there are a number of groups uh, that that do this now, and a number of groups locally that do this when a, when a, a veteran is is buried, and a, and it's just phenomenal to see them. Some of them are associated with a like a motorcycle uh, clubs that that do it as well. But it, it it's it's um yeah it's it's I, I can't imagine you know a, a sadder thing than than an unattended funeral from someone who, who put on the uniform to fight for the country. They this have... is specifically for Arlington. Yeah, uh, Navy ladies are given a sheet that details the deceased biography, rank, service awards, and passing. Uh, they're allowed to briefly introduce themselves to family prior to services. After the widow or other attendee is given the folded American flag, the Arlington representative approaches the bereaved to offer condolences and two cards, one from her and one from the chief of staff. When they're finished, they walk backwards. Turning their back on the flag is prohibited. So they're at every funeral. They're yeah. at not not just the ones where people uh, don't have anyone to attend. They go to every one of them. So their duties don't end there. If a family member is unable to attend, a lady will write a letter offering details of the service, what was said, what the weather was like, and what she felt during the proceedings. Uh, they'll also extend an opportunity to tend uh, the deceased grave by placing flowers on it on anniversaries or holidays. So they do follow-up work on that, too, which is really cool. 
If family members are present, the lady is a welcome sight, uh, although they have a dress code, no slacks or loud colors. Uh, they help ease the tension of a highly structured military funeral. If no members are present, then the lady acts as a surrogate witness to a soldier being laid to rest. Uh, the ladies are expected to maintain their composure, however difficult it may be. Uh, the organization's chair, Margaret Mensch, told the Washington Post in 2007 she tries her best not to tear up, even when it's a former honor guard escort escort of hers that was being buried. Yeah. Uh, she said, you are still, you just don't cry. Uh, when I when I got there, I thought, uh, just concentrate on that leaf on that tree over there. A military funeral is very dignified, very precise. It may sound cold, but that's the beauty of it, she says. A mourner typically volunteers one day a month uh, with more than 30 funerals at Arlington a day. Uh, she might attend up to six during a single shift. It's wild. Uh, Doreen uh, Hulabrock, whose late husband was a chief petty officer, has attended more than 500 uh, since starting there in 2009. What's the uh, protocol for getting a uh, funeral at, at uh, Arlington? As far as how you're uh, qualified? Yeah, because there, there are local sure. military um, 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 cemeteries. There's one up in the, God, north of like Willow Grove that I went to from, oh, from my yeah. uncle who passed away uh, two, two or three years ago. And it, it's uh, full honors, the whole thing. Um, but I don't know why he was uh, buried there versus being buried in um, in Arlington. I know, yeah, because the same thing when my, my father-in-law passed and when my dad passes, you know, they, these are considerations, but my my father-in-law had um his services military service out on uh long island at a uh and and you you make you make special requests and, and they do it right i assume arlington is um like an I, honor I, above I, and beyond I, maybe I I, I I i assume there's a lot more yeah you know uh effort in getting in there don't know I'll, uh i will have to look that up and uh maybe i'll give you a, a historian lesson on arlington one oh. day <laughs> or maybe homework assignment so these are uh, but the professional mourners, the ladies, the Arlington ladies, I thought was uh, very interesting. It is on this Veterans Day, obviously. It's a, it's a different day, but it still pertains to the military. That is all I have time for this morning from the library. <laughs> but I thought uh, you would find those stories kind of interesting. The historian has illuminated us with his vast breadth of knowledge from the depths of Lake Superior to Tum Tavern mm. to... My mom. <laughs> oh, oh, my mom. Okay. Do you want to go to some calls here real quick? Uh, let me go to, I'm going to go to Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. Hey, good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. Okay, so you want to concur what Casey was saying about, oh, my mom? Yes, I'm 61, way older than him, and it started way longer than his generation. <laughs> All right. And where, where did you grow up? Where did you start your smoking career? <laughs> well, I no longer do, but the cough is still there. Okay. Um, where are you from? I was in Port Richmond area, and I probably started when I was 12 years old. Luckily, you know, I stopped that well, the habit. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad you were able to quit, but oh, my mom. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. Right, so that was uh, so we got from Delco to Port Richmond. I'm going to go to Marie. Hi, Marie. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, guys. Oh, my God. First time car. I love you guys. Oh, thank you. That's Marie. awesome. Oh, you rock. I'm so excited <laughs> right now. I'm a dog walker, and I actually was cracking up so much that I actually passed the development I had to go to. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God, I love you guys. That, I was cracking up because I remember doing that when I was starting to smoke. So you, you would say, you would say, uh, my mom. Yes. Oh, my, yes. It was like yesterday. <laughs> and where did you learn um, it? Where did you start your smoking career? <laughs> Um, I am a Delco. Okay. I live in Delaware now, in Bear Delaware, but um, Sharon, I grew up in Sharon Hill. Okay. 
And, and do you yeah. still smoke? No. 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 All right. You are from Delco. You are from Delco. We love it. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Uh, good for you. How long ago did you quit? Oh, it was just like a, you know, like a teen thing. Okay. All know. right. Good for you. All right. So interesting. <gasps> my mom. So yeah. you go like that. Yeah. And yeah, because you were obviously. It. It'll, so it'll so the quick, do you say, <gasps> my dad. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thank you, Marie. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You guys are the best. Oh, Love you're yet. awesome. See you Thank later. You. Oh, she sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, let me go to uh, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning, bitches. Hey. So <laughs> same thing as far as the smoking goes? Well, well, first of all, I just want to say happy Veterans Day to veterans. Following that story with this frivolous juvenile thing. Yeah, it's what we do. Yeah. It is what we do. But um, my girlfriend, when I was 15, she was trying to get me to inhale, and she goes, oh, your mom, and I did it, and then I realized it was easy to inhale that way, so then I started to do it. All right. All right. And are you still a smoker? <laughs> uh, on and off, yeah. On, on and, and off. off. All right. Thanks, Lisa. appreciate it. All right. Bye, guys. See ya. That needs to be something that's done on Mother's Day to if, if yeah. to bring in new smokers. And it was all girls. Yeah, that right. In, by the way, it was nothing but What ladies. better way to honor your mother by taking up smoking? Uh, by the way, the Great American Smoke Out is coming up soon. Uh, we're going to get Dr. Rosenpenis, I yes, assume? We yes, are. I would think so, yeah. I think we're going to add um, vapors to, uh, to the wow. mix here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anybody who's uh, dependent on uh, nicotine, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. inhaling nicotine, yeah. All righty. So, uh, anyhow, we need to take a break. We have a few guests who are going to be on the show. we got to talk to Kate Flannery in a little while. Kate was uh, was illuminated from Dancing with the Stars. It seems like it's a double-edged sword here, or at least a blessing and a curse, because as Nick says, while we obviously we wanted to see her finish it off, it was it's very taxing. For contestants. And does she work hard on it? Yeah. Yep. And uh, we're also going to have our uh, friend Daniel Roebuck, actor Daniel Roebuck, in the studio a little bit later on. And we have an announcement about a concert, which we think you will definitely enjoy. The details on. We're going to take a break. Be right back. B Files coming up next. What's new? Glad you asked. Dinosaur Pilo. God's man. Under your scars, I pray. You're like a shooting star in the rain. The struts. New music. More of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. Real quick, before we go into the Bizarre File, I would like to thank the Philly Pops. Uh, I went on Saturday for Abbey Road. This is the Pops played Abbey Road, did an appearance there, and I uh, got to do a really cool Q&A session beforehand uh, with the Beatles aficionado, Andre Gardner, from our <laughs> sister station, 1029 MGK. Oh, yeah. And uh, Andre's great. I love hanging out with him. And, and his his Beatles fandom uh, so far trumps mine. It's ridiculous. And I'm, I'm a, a massive, massive fan. Uh, but I got to tell you, man, that venue... Uh, that uh, it's Verizon Hall at uh, at uh, the Kimmel Center. I think is the coolest place in the city. I, th- I think it is the most beautiful venue that that we have in Philadelphia. You love it, and I absolutely love going there. I got to conduct the orchestra and the opening number. Wow! Uh, what was the opening number? It was they did a, a version of Let It Be. Ah! And so I. It's funny because the maestro Todd. Uh, gave me a quick instruction on on what to do as far as getting the band started. And he goes, all right, so you come out, there's a timpani roll. So point to the timpani, and they'll start doing a roll, and then you can count four, and, and the band will follow you. And he gave me an approximate tempo, and I knew yeah. about what it was. And I, I halfway know what I'm doing. I'm a drummer, and I've 
you know, I've, I've conducted before just for fun. And so I walk out on the stage. The orchestra's there. And I, I step up. I, I, I say hi to the crowd because Andre introduced me, which is really cool of him to do that. And then I get up and I go, okay. And I'm looking around. And I'm like, where's the timpani? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm looking. And I don't see a timpani anywhere. So I just ask the orchestra. I go, orchestra, where's the timpani? And they're kind of like shaking their head. I'm like, there's no timpani? They go, no. And I just, like, point to the percussion section, and they don't do anything at all. <laughs> I'm like, great. Okay. Why was there no timpani? Wait, what I happened? don't know. He told you there'd be a timpani. He told me. Awesome. We have the first few seconds of you conducting, if you want to hear a present. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, so so I counted it off, and they, they went into it. That's and funny. uh And unfortunately, I had to leave at the, at the intermission. My daughter wasn't feeling well, uh-huh. so... Uh, but yeah, cause she went with me, but we did watch the first half. Uh, they didn't even get into the Abbey road stuff, which I really wanted to see. It was in the second half and unfortunately I had to miss it. But what I saw was fantastic. It's it so cool to have so them great. and yeah. have them here, yep. you know? And what you showed me was awesome. Preston, did they give you one of those little chopsticks to, uh, one of those chopsticks it's called the baton. Yeah. Uh, no, I did not use a baton. Oh man. I just used my hands. Your fingers. <laughs> That's how powerful they are. But it was uh, it was cool, and if you haven't been to a show at uh, at the Kimmel, you got to go to that. And we haven't seen the Pops. Pops are going to be playing a bunch of different places. They're going to be playing Parks Casino. Uh, yeah, I saw actually. that. Yeah, uh, in the room that we are uh, opening up for Gino Vanelli. Yeah. We've been. Are no. they yeah, really? yeah. I just want to <laughs> stop and tell you what I feel about you, babe. Uh, would you ever consider conducting an entire like Wagner, the, the Ring trilogy? Sure, why yeah. not? I'll do um, you know <laughs> anything. Dun dun. Uh, God, that's uh, it's a lot of work, but uh, we had a great time, and, and thanks to the pops, and, and I highly recommend you go to it. You wanted to mention some sad news, Kathy? I did, yes. So uh, a contestant from Grand and Grand Prix back in 2011, Grandma Mary DiMarzio, died yesterday. Oh. Yeah, she was 98 years old. Wow. Yeah, so she she had a nice long life. When her family went over to, I guess, you know, go go to the house, and they were going through some of her things and her pictures, they found she kept all of the pictures from the Grand and Grand Prix, Aww. and they found them in her house. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she, she passed away yesterday. Well, hopefully we gave her a, a little bit of a thrill later in life. Life. And I know all of those uh, contestants have so much fun. At yeah, the, at the and you know what? It, of course, it, it's sad their their grandmother passed away, but ninety eight years old. That's, that's yeah. pretty awesome. As they say, that's a good run. Yeah, and a uh, so my my dad is ninety two. You know, and then, but I mean, it's uh, again, you know, it's it, it, that they're still vital, and that she was partic- she participated yeah. in that two thousand eleven. Uh, th- she that's, was there. That's fantastic. Yep. Uh, well, on the opposite of that, I have, well, not someone born, but it is somebody's birthday today, and we missed it earlier this morning, our good friend Mark Summers. Oh! Mark Summers is 68 years old today. I saw him post a picture of him and Oprah hanging out together on social media. Uh, and Mark's going to come by for a visit on Friday, December 6th at the Camp Out for Hunger. Ooh. How about that? So, looking forward to seeing him. So, happy birthday, Mark, man. We are, uh... Happy to be friends with you. All right, we're going to do the B-File, gang, so here we go. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. Brought to you by Lorenzo's and Sons Pizza. Lorenzo's and Sons has been family-owned and operated since 1970. You can visit Lorenzo's and Sons Pizza at Xfinity Live in Westchester and in the Wells Fargo Center as well. Uh, a species of worm that can infect human eyeballs has done it again. Oh, God. This time it chose a 68-year-old woman from Nebraska. The woman is thought to be only the second human victim of these worms ever documented. But Lucky the incident you. 
The incident signals that they could become an emerging parasitic disease in the United States. Ah! Diane Travers Gustafson was visiting California. Uh, as she was running along a trail, she went straight into a swarm of flies. Unbeknownst <sighs> to her, Gross. she had likely run into a particular kind of fly known as the face fly. The face fly? Or so Musca autumnalis. And that's because a month later, an irritation in her right eye led to her... Uh, having the horrifying discovery of a tiny, translucent roundworm no longer than a half inch in size. Uh, the vector fly will expel larvae onto the surface of the eye or the conjunctiva when <sighs> feeding on uh, lacrimal secretions, which are tears, etc. When are we going to wise up and kill nature? Uh, this can happen very quickly. So the fly would not have had to sit on the eye for more than a few seconds to expel the larvae. That's horrifying. Gustafson washed out the worm with tap water. Soon, though, she found an ec- and extra extracted a second one. A visit to the ophthalmologist the day after then yielded a third wiggler in her eye. Weeks later, she had returned home to Nebraska but continued to experience inflammation in both eyes. A subsequent visit to another ophthalmologist turned up nothing. But then, lo and behold, she eventually pulled out a fourth worm. Thankfully, that was seemingly the last hitchhiker as her eyes quickly returned to normal afterward. And she even went on to help co-author the case report about it. That is effed. So she's actually able, she was actually able to pull the worms out of her eyes? With her fingers. my God. Right. Yep, exactly. Uh, a man is alive and well after he used an axe to fend off a convicted criminal who broke into his apartment. Ben Ball used a replica battle axe to help the, uh, to uh, keep the intruder at bay. Ben Ball's battle axe. Yeah, the suspect, Alex Lavelle, Lavelle Rawls, is now in jail. Ball says that the suspect dated his former roommate who left to get away. The suspect showed up at the apartment around 11.30 p.m. thinking that she was there. The suspect was knocking on the door repeatedly, then kicked it in while Ball was in his apartment playing video games and watching Rick and Morty. (laughs) Ball said... Something just sweet about that. Ball said he had reason to believe the suspect had a firearm. He said the door opened, I grabbed the axe, then step, step, and hit. The axe hit the intruder at least once in the torso, and then the two started grappling in the apartment, destroying the place. There was a bloody mess everywhere, Ball said. Finally, the suspect gave up and made a run for it. A neighbor called 911. Police showed up. Canines followed the trail of blood, apprehended the suspect. Officials say the suspect spent the night in the hospital with substantial wounds before being transferred to the jail. Whatever his reason was uh, for kicking in the door, he was probably not expecting to run into a guy who spends his weekends battling other people with swords and axes. Ball owns a lot of weaponry that he keeps around his apartment like the kind Vikings and barbarian warriors used. Yeah, probably the wrong guy to pick a fight with. Yeah, he doesn't want to get hit with Balzacs. Yeah, Balzacs are yummy. When he's not working at Applebee's... Balzacs are yummy! (laughs) There it is. (laughs) When he's not working at Applebee's, he participates in events where people compete in ritualized combat. He said, I've got a double-headed carbon steel battle axe that was homemade by a gentleman who has since passed, and that's what I call my baby. Ball said that he is glad That's that he's... what I call my baby. I work at Applebee's. Spent a lot of time practicing with that axe, so finally got to use it. <laughs> a South Carolina man who went to McDonald's for a sweet tea says he received a little extra herbal substance on the side. Parrish Brown asked for a sweet tea with light ice and extra lemon. And he now believes the extra lemon was code for marijuana since he found three bags of weed in his cup. 
Wow. He says he only realized that it once he was high as a kite. Brown said he'd never smoked marijuana or had marijuana, so he didn't recognize the taste. He says that he paid regular price for the items. So the idea is if, if you go up to this McDonald's, they had a thing where if you said with lemon... I don't with, think so. Okay. I, I think it's what he thinks, because this guy didn't pay any more It doesn't for it. seem likely, right? Uh, but an investigation is ongoing. It was some kind of mix-up, I'm <laughs> thinking. In India, a police officer passed away in January this year after a 17-year battle with health complications stemming from a ferret bite oh, no. sustained on duty in 2002. His death was recognized as work-related by the Government Employees Accident Compensation this past July. According to the Prefecture Police, the assistant inspector was posted to a police box uh, station early on the morning of June 26, 2002, when he was called out on an emergency report of a ferret on the loose in a nearby park. The animal bit him on the hand as he was trying to capture it, and three months later, he developed cellulitis, a bacterial infection of the deep, of deep skin tissue that can spread to the lymph nodes and bloodstream. That's horrifying. He was in and out of the hospital thereafter until his death on January 18th. It was 17 years. Uh, the officer's family applied for support from the local government fund, which concluded that his cause of death was related to the ferret bite and confirmed the incident as an accident in the line of duty. Well, that seems right. So they gave him benefits for it. So, yeah, thought that was kind of interesting. Is the ferret still behind bars? Yeah, he's locked yeah, up yeah. for two more years. In Wisconsin, police say a drunk driver was arrested after he was seen <laughs> driving around with a live chicken on his shoulder. <laughs> I love it. Uh, a motorist, I'm taking my chicken for a drive. A motorist called police just after 11 a.m. to report a reckless driver. We're going to listen to Foreigner. Uh, the woman, wouldn't he listen to Kiss, though? Yeah, uh, I guess that's true, yeah. is a chicken. Uh, the woman called police saying that she saw a man behind the wheel of a gray Nissan. She told police the man was driving between 20 and 30 miles per hour, swerving all over the road. All while the bird, this chicken, was sitting on his shoulder. That is awesome. When uh, police found the driver, uh, they found the 42-year-old Milwaukee man and the chicken he was driving. Chicken, which direction should I go? Uh, According to police call lines. Guess what we and the chicken uh, gets to do. uh, The man was cited for his third drunken driving offense. Wow. And driving with an open liquor container. But the chicken's fine. That's no violation of a law. And, in fact, the Milwaukee Area Domestic Animal Control Commission was contacted to pick up said chicken. Goodbye. And and apparently he's doing (laughs) it. Goodbye, my friend, my co-pilot. And there you go. That's what I have for you in the bizarre file this morning. I, as we take a break, would like to give away a four-pack of passes to join us for the happy place. It's Preston and Steve Knight. This is going to be Thursday evening. Yeah. 6 to 8 p.m. If you have not been to the happy place yet, it's more than 15,000 square feet of playful spaces and cheerful moments, and it's perfect for taking pictures. It's the most Instagrammable pop-up in America. I'm going to Instagram like a mofo that night. We'll take caller number 14 at 215-263-WMMR, and I will give you that four-pack of tickets. Tickets are on sale now, by the way, at happyplace.me, and the exhibit is here through January 5th, occupying the space where J.C. Penny was inside the mall. So give us a call now. We'll see if you can win. Come back in a moment. Kate Flannery on our show. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
Last week, uh, we had a bunch of people in our studio, and uh, <clears throat> we're showing some guys our, uh, the mixing console, all the, the equipment that we have here, where Tacey <laughs> and I sit on the side of the board. And uh, the guy comes over, and you know, it's, it's a lot of, lot of buttons and lights and all kinds of stuff, and he's... The only thing he wanted to see was the Flannery switch. <laughs> Where is it? I'm like, it's right there. It's labeled right there. Look at it. He was thought it was the funniest thing. Uh, and, of course, we incorporated that after uh, Kate did a record number four curses in a row here on our show. It was a, an astonishing, it was, it was a virtuoso performance of profanity. Yeah. Named it after her. Yeah. And I'm sure she dropped an F-bomb or two after she was voted off of Dancing with the Stars. A bunch of crap. In everyone's opinion. And oh, I mean, yeah. I mean everybody, right? Uh, but we've got her on the line uh, to find out how she's doing post let down after that. So our good friend, Kate Flannery. Hey! Welcome hey, her. Hi. What's up? How you doing, Kate? I have a ballroom hangover, but I'm okay. <laughs> you know, watching, uh, again, we were we were uh, livid. Uh, e- even I, I, I paid attention to the show and actually... Would tune in and vote at the end. I, the show is completely off thank my radar. You and I'm sorry, and thank you, and I'm sorry, and thank you. No, no, no. Because I'll tell you what. I mean, the 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 uh, the judges and everybody, and and I think they're going to have to reassess because, like last, we had we had, I told you we had John Schneider in here who was on the season. I think before you. And uh, the, the, right. this guy Bobby Bones, who really couldn't sure. dance, took the whole thing. And they'd had, they had on, right. on Dancing with the Stars. They've had sort of a series. Of people who are, are just kind of like it's like a popularity contest, and so even like the right. judges are sick of it, and they were tangibly upset after <laughs> you lost the most that I've ever seen because you were actually dancing well, Im- improving, um, you know, and 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 giving your all, and it's at a certain point you have to ask, what is this contest about? And I I think I think it's gotten away from them. Did you get that feeling? Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I had an amazing experience. I, I literally have the high, the, my pro has the highest pedigree. I mean, Pasha Pashkov has a, he's literally the seven time national champion. He's the current national ballroom champion with his wife. Like, and, and he's a world champ as well. So, I mean, I had the best team, like literally like snatch this pebble from my hand, grasshopper. <laughs> That's what I had teaching me. Yeah. Literally. So the fact that, like, even he couldn't crack, you know, the system is nuts. Well, let, it's let, nuts. let me ask yeah, you. It so is what it is. You, you talk about passion, and, and the judges would always say this, and I didn't know. I don't know how this breaks down, but on the show, when the, when you would, like, whether it's the 9 to 5 routine or all the other stuff or uh, <laughs> all the various other routines that you did, w- w- was that was that was it he who, who came up with the idea, or were, were they given suggestions, or... I mean, because I know he... Well, there's, it's a combo. Yeah, he does the choreography. It's a combo. The the the, the creative team they come up with the song and the and the style of dance. But okay. You know, it's but it's up to the pro to get you to do what you're supposed to do. And trust me, that is not easy. I'm 55. I was the oldest <laughs> person for most of the time on that show. You were... I can't even believe. I, you know, it's crazy. Well, and you know what? Like, you made a fire under my ass. <laughs> You were tremendous. You were great. <laughs> and maybe you were 55, but you looked awesome in those costumes. <laughs> You did. So they much. were great. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually still dressed like Mary Poppins. <laughs> I just took everything. <laughs> it was it was very it was very infuriating. I have to say because I'm like you know I felt like Pacino in Godfather Three. Like Kate Flannery dragged me back into this thing. Well, and listen, when you when they did that side by side dance, like that was ridiculous that you yeah. got voted uh-huh. off next to him. Come on. 
Well, I technically, I won the dance off, but it didn't mean anything because of the way the voting goes. So it's, you know, even though the judges, they, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's 50, 50. The judges have only half the say. Well, I, th- I think I think ultimately so, what yeah. they're going to have to do is is in this case is that they decide. I mean, because it's a double edged sword. I get it. I get that you want the the audience to feel a sense of ownership, sure, uh, but there's a point sure. at which it becomes outlandish, and and you <laughs> and you getting voted off was outlandish. Well, it's crazy. I mean, there. I even the New York Times wrote about it, which like I'm like, what the hell? Even the New York Times is on my side. What's happening on this planet? But I mean, do do you do you join a special group of like you know like the uh, like a Susan Lucci type vibe where you know there's overlooked so many times, and here you were. I mean, are you asking? Is there a support group? (laughs) Yes, it's it's, uh, there's six stools, and you can only stay for happy hour, and you get to get out there. I mean, uh, career-wise, though, and everything-wise, you're, obviously your career is doing great. But I mean, this this really, I think, reintroduced you to a lot of people. Uh, it it uh, you were um, you are basically the next. You are the new Shirley Temple. You're America's sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> you are hilarious. I will tell you, I I I started an Instagram campaign to just you know make sure that. W- Particularly, you know, anybody that feels like a late bloomer, like, realizes that if I can do this, you can do it. And, I mean, especially women over 50, because they start to become invisible. You know, they become the caretakers. And, the, you know, I mean, they, they, I mean they, they, they have, like, another, you know, they feel invisible. It's just, so I, I feel like I'm just, I was sort of representing. So I can't tell you how many women have come up to me in the last, uh, you know, two months and just been like, oh, my gosh, you're speaking, you know, I, thank you so much. You, you said what I needed to hear. So that's been amazing, I have to say. Like, the fans have been incredible. The fans and the press have been incredible. That's why I still feel like a winner. That's why I was jumping around like a lunatic mm. when I when I got eliminated. <laughs> the yeah. public execution did not kill me. <laughs> well, still awesome. I'm still alive. <laughs> we, we were so proud of you and, you know, for making it as far as you did. I just, I was rooting for you, obviously, every week. Uh, but it also oh. seemed like uh, it was exhausting. I mean, it really seemed like it took up so much of your yeah. day, so much of your time. Can you talk about what the daily routine was like for you, Kate? Well, it pumped up. I mean, literally, well, I, um, I actually I actually even got to dance in Ocean City over uh, Labor Day weekend because that's when it really, like, we had just started a couple of days before that. Um, so we were in a secret location in Ocean City, New Jersey. Uh, but uh, it, it, it went from six hours a day, actually, yeah, it went from four hours a day quickly to six hours a day Jeez. to eight hours a day. Oh. And, it was, and there was one day off for the first two weeks. And then after that, there was no days off. So, and uh, literally, even the camera blocking days, we would we would rehearse four hours before and maybe two hours after. So, so it was every, like re- crazy, like 14 hour, you know, 12 to 14 hour days. Crazy. crazy. Every, everyone who gets involved with this uh, ends up getting like the best workout and in the, in the best shape of their lives. And, and I mean, you, you could obviously see it wasn't like you were a wreck before, but you could see you were, you know, you were toning up and everything i mean and 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 uh, sexifying it and it was it was uh it was great to you take it easy, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let, let's just say you know, yeah yeah uh, I mean, it even made. I mean, Nancy Grace and I look great now. That's all I'm going to say. Gonna say. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 you know, the Kate Flannery boners, I'm sure, were occurring all over the place. So, uh, <laughs> but, but but the truth of the matter is that oh, you look great. You were you you're elegant and all of that. Do you, do you, do you, is it? Do you think you might continue with dance or any kind of? Well, I mean, it's so funny. Well, Pasha, uh, my my pro Pasha Pasha bought bought ballroom dance lessons for my boyfriend and I. Oh. So I'm hoping, you know, yeah, so we're actually going to, we're going to continue a little bit. But I actually, I actually took some dance classes this week because I'm, I'm in this thing where it's like, you know, it's like they just cut you off cold turkey and I just, you know, it's, you become, 
Yeah, I mean, it feels good. I mean, yeah. I'm still, you know, my ribs are bruised, my knees are bad, my bunions are bad, but I still feel, it's weird. It's like I wake up feeling like I'm on two stumps, but I once I start dancing, I feel good. It's yeah. It's really the, messed up. The endorphins I'm are released. <laughs> hey, will you have to, will you, will you have to come back on and dance again at any point? Yeah, we'll be back for the finale. Um, I'm right. not exactly sure how much we're dancing, but we have, yeah, but we will be dancing. So you got to keep your chops up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I, honestly, let me ask you, since all of this has happened, and obviously there's, before, just before there was the massive research, and that's why I thought you were a shoe in especially with the, the office, and, and we were getting the word out, too, about it, and, and you know, uh, but, I mean, obviously, uh, who, who the hell knows, but, but you know, there was already this this energy and this interest in the office, which is off the charts. Right. Uh, have, have you, have has this made it more stratospheric are are you are you getting inquiries or is there a lot of interest in the Kate Flannery story <laughs> um I, I, I I'm not sure exactly what this is going to translate into but yeah I mean there's been so much love I, I like I said I I'm 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 uh pleasantly surprised because you because you never know you know you never know what anything you do leads to so yeah well I'm not it, sure. it's I mean, awesome I'm, yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. I, it was it was a great experience. Really, one of the best experiences of my life. The process is amazing. It really is. Just getting to 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 dance with someone who's at the top of their game every single day, and you know, one on one. I mean, who, you never get that. I mean, it's crazy. I worked with amazing directors, but it was never one on one. You yeah. know, I was part of a group. So this is like cra- crazy great, and you know, just uh, like I said, the the fans are amazing. Tom, Tom Bertrand, lovely, lovely guy. You know, uh, several people have reached out after. You know, it's it's crazy. So I, I, I like I said, I, I do feel like a winner. And uh, sometimes it's better to leave, you know, kind of leave like before you outweigh your welcome. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I hear you. Yeah, no, you that know? makes sense because you you, st- <laughs> you still got a lot of the the, the, the attention, the glitter. Because honestly, I I remember more of the people who participated in Dancing with the Stars than actually people who won Dancing with the Stars. So Isn't uh, that crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Kate, how long did I mean, it take I for you to? Love- how long did What's it take that? for you to have a, a drink, and how many of those drinks did you have, and what drink was it? <laughs> I think I had a margarita the yeah the night I got booted. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, but just that's, one. Yeah, it's what well, yeah because you know I because I I I'm still in this weird adrenaline thing. It's weird. Yeah, you got I got to watch the booze. It's all right. Gotcha. <laughs> Someday I'll be back in the park. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're going to spill your drink with that dancing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so so for, obviously there's that, and you will be back on 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 the show with with this. So what what what's out besides this? What's coming up? What are you what are you on? I know that there's. Well, I'm about to, yeah, I'm about to hit the road with Jane Lynch. We're doing a big Christmas tour. Unfortunately, <sighs> we're not going to be in Pennsylvania. I'm so so bummed. But what the hell? Uh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Rachel, I don't know. I, I got it. Yeah, but <laughs> maybe next. Maybe I'm hoping next Christmas. But yes, we're 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 you know, of course, plugging our Christmas album, "A Swinging Little Christmas," which is you know, it's a, it's an act. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a perennial now. Yeah. So, um, that's that's always a blast, and then a few things I can't talk about yet. So hopefully, I'll, I'll talk to you when I know. I'll, I'll talk to you about it either December or January for sure. Well, listen, I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know if you're going to do this. I'm just going to throw the suggestion out there as the show, as your show with Jane Lynch, which we, we know is wonderful, progresses. Uh, it might be worth throwing in one or two elaborate dance numbers now that you're an accomplished, <laughs> world class dancer. <laughs> Jane hates choreography, but I'll try to talk her into it. We'll what? <laughs> she's not much of a dancer, so she's like, 
She's... She comments about it during the show, which is huh? hilarious. We'll see. I so thought she did everything. Yeah. yeah. Huh. All well, right. She does a little choreography, but she's, yeah, for some reason, she's cut herself short on this. Uh, 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 but she was great. She came to the show. She came to, to dance group stars. She did package. They actually filmed one of our concerts, uh, I think, on the second yeah. or third episode, which was awesome. And, uh, you know, she's been a huge support of uh, dance group stars. All the band members have come. Uh, you know, it's, and, and, I had a lot of office office folks came to the to the show. Angela Kinsey, yeah. Oscar Nunez. Uh, Brian Baumgartner plays Kevin, Leslie David Baker plays Stanley, Andy Buckley plays uh, David Wallace. Um, Steve Carell did a, a shout out <laughs> for me um, on ET, you know, and, and so did John Krasinski, Amy Ryan, uh, Rain Wilson. Like, I really, the support has been, I mean, you guys, what the hell? I well, I don't know, man. <laughs> that, uh, you, no, you, you did great, and that's uh, that's all you, you know. You can Thank do, you yeah. And that. again, since the, it's a thoroughly corrupt voting system, yep. Uh, but but still, you were you were wonderful. Well, I, you guys are so awesome. I so appreciate all your support, and uh, yeah, I will dance my way back into your studio at some point. <laughs> all, all right, right. definitely, and then let us know whatever <laughs> you got going on. We're always interested we'll do, in the the Kate Flannery machine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys. And, uh, you know, I, being on live television, I didn't curse once. No. And you know I really <laughs> want to. How does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, drop one F-bomb before no. you get off the air. Come on. <laughs> They had that five second delay, but I do. I'm not. You guys, I didn't even have a wardrobe malfunction. Nothing happened. Nothing. You're spotless on TV. I'm guessing you were saving it. And a disaster on the radio. What the hell? Finale, but who knows? There it was. There it is. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Kate. Okay, guys. All right, bye bye. Man, I wanted her to win. Would have been so. But I mean, you could see. We played the the audio, and if you if you watch the video, because I would I would I would. DVR. Now, I'd make sure I voted before the show ended. You had to do that, and then watch it back on the uh, uh, on the on the DVR and uh, and watch her segment. But the the when she lost that time, the final time, all the judges were basically saying, "This blows." This is a bunch they of were crap. mad. Yeah, but I'm t- that side by side of her dancing against uh, Sean Spicer, Spicer yeah. was it just was mind blowing. Yeah. Really, that mm. she got kicked off. That sucks. Uh, speaking of mind blowing, I sent this video over oh, man. over to uh, to some of the show members. I didn't think you'd care, Kathy, oh. Marissa, but it was these um, MIT created robots. Oh yeah, yeah. Kathy might be afraid of these. They're called mini <laughs> cheetah robots. Yeah. Oh, not, not it's not not Kathy. We're all right. Absolutely terrified of them. Cheetah? Like were they like cheetah print? No, 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 because Cheetah then prints. your your ears like, are away. Hey, yeah, that's cute. There's these little kind of dog looking like they don't look like. I mean, they look like a robot, but it's got four legs. And anyway, and they're small now. In the past, we've seen you know one of these uh, doing its thing. You know, whether it's doing a backflip or walking around or whatever. Oh they have a whole pack of these things yeah, running around. It's terrifying. It's at, it is disturbing. Well, again, all all I all you need to do and to understand our fear. Now, obviously, it's born of many great science fiction stories from Skynet and so on. And it's, uh, you know, from Terminator and all of that. But if you want to watch the one thing that will in that will be the seed of fear, watch the Metalhead episode of Black Mirror. Yep. That's all you need to watch uh-huh. to see why you need to be horrified of this. Yeah. yeah, it just makes me mad because it's like, um, I would venture to say that most of us don't want this. 
because of that, you know, that one episode that I watched because it these things are going to get weaponized, you uh, know, and and um, I don't know. Maybe Terminator's got me like a little bit like freaked out and paranoid or whatever, but um, <laughs> this is this is not necessary. We're watching the video right now. That that just freaks me out. They're all man. doing backflips. So doing here's backflips. the you, you, impression. It is it is a collection of circuits and machine and machine parts, but. What happens here is that, um, you know, and, and people like Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking and great Bill Gates have all warned against combining artificial intelligence with mechanisms like this. And, you know, they're right on it. Well, speaking of that, an AI, an artificial intelligence that was de- deemed too dangerous to be released to the world has just been rolled out. Oh, great. It's called the GPT-2. It's an AI that can take text in any style and create convincing new material. For example, when it was fed George Orwell's classic novel 1984, it produced its own plausible science fiction story set in China, uh, which uh, makers, uh, uh, well, makers called OpenAI, which was originally co-founded by Elon Musk, have released all of their other algorithms for public use. They said that they would never release GPT-2 because of the dangers of it being misused. And it would be too easy for it to completely flood the Internet with fake news content. And it would be impossible for anybody to tell what was real and what was fake anymore. Researcher Jeremy Howard says that if the code was released, it could, quote, totally fill Twitter, email, and the web up with reasonable-sounding Context appropriate, context appropriate prose, which would drown out all of the speech and be impossible to filter. OpenAI agreed with him. They said in February, due to our concerns about malicious applications of the technology, we are not releasing the trained model. As an experiment in responsible disclosure, we are instead releasing a much smaller model for researchers to experiment with. Yeah, that never goes wrong. As well as a technical paper. But they've now gone back on their decision and released a much more powerful version of the code. However, they say this model of the AI is only slightly more convincing to humans than the previous version, uh, even though it's already done some things that haven't actually taught it to do, like translate from one language to another. It's learning. It's learning. They believe that it's unlikely to be used by email fraudsters and other low-tier criminals, though. Nevertheless, they admit that the algorithm's output could be useful to people trying to spread white supremacy, Marxism, jihadist Islamism, and anarchism online as well. (sighs) OpenAI have also developed a tool that can, 95% of the time, spot AI-generated text, but they say that it should be used in conjunction with basic human judgment and public education. There was one aspect of it, though, that did appeal to me. It would be completely able to eradicate the Kardashians. So that, now that that one we need I'll, I'll to do some research. There's on. A, a movie, and now obviously this is this has been the stuff of science fiction and science fiction warnings for forever. But there is a movie that will that can send chills down your spine. It's called Colossus: The Forbin Project, and it it works on the notion that so in the future we there is a there is a defense system that's activated a system within the United States that links up with. A uh, like a Russian system. We're trying for sort of a, a global peace initiative mm-hmm. that'll keep everything like um, checks and balances, basically. And these two systems go online, and then they start communicating, and then they start writing their own language. 
and then they start, um, wow. and then they start, um, then the, everything is rigged up, and everything is under. So these two things could communicate with each other without humans knowing. Exactly, and they start doing that. What they're talking about, exactly. And what their plan is. Oh my God. Colossus the Forbin Project. You know what? It, it's so funny because uh, science fiction is rife with this stuff that that is essentially speaks to reality. You know, some of these people, some of these future seers or future technology seers, they really do have the proper vision on, on what is expected. And um, the book Dune in that, um, whole, now I haven't read the prequels and the yeah. post stories, but uh, they eliminated all what they called thinking machines, all computers, everything, yeah, yeah. because artificial intelligence had taken over and caused catastrophic events, and they eventually had these this, these beings they called mentans, which are essentially human computers. They got rid of computers altogether because of artificial intelligence. Man, this stuff is starting to happen. Well, at the, at the end of this movie, you know, the, the computer is talking, and, and that has old tech, so it looks a little bit dated in some aspects, but the, the, the voice of the computer is saying, you, you will come to... You will come to worship me. You will come to you know. It's it's saying and he, and the guy the guy who's programmed he said never never uh, and it's kind of an open ending. But that kind of stuff. Listen, uh, the Boston Dynamics stuff. You see these uh, not just the dogs or what we we you know, look like robotic dogs. The the human the actual um, robots. Preston, you saw the the ones that replicate. Uh, doing a uh, trapeze act. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the ones that can jump up on and run. Those those, those are gonna be soldiers. I know that they're gonna come you're after right. you no. in your survival cave. No, you're right. Yeah, you're you're right. That's that's where eventually this, among other things. Now listen, they'll they'll be used for search and, and recovery in dangerous areas where they can't send human beings. That's Which a is one of it as well. It's great. Drones are already being used in things like that. That's great. Uh, a drone would have found Nick out on the mountain there, <laughs> where he was stranded all along. It's the same uh, technology that developed the Quip. So uh, we, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. If I could get like yeah. a dog to, to walk my dogs, that would a be a dog to walk your dogs. Yes, yeah. that would be. Great. Or, or perhaps a uh, a human robot to uh, make you clean things for it. Yeah. Right. No, but uh, so it's going to be used for stuff like that. But listen, you'd be crazy if you didn't think that the that the, the military of, of these developed nations like ourselves are going to try. To weaponize those to keep other humans out of harm's way. You know that. So, you know that's what's going to happen. So Google was. Ref- I think it was Google that was refusing to open up their um, their AI programs to the United States military, but was working with companies that deal with the Chinese military. No. And if you're re- dealing with, you know, <laughs> come on, people. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Hang on a second. Uh, Dan saw a video. He wanted to tell us about. Hi, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. What's up, man? My cousin sent me the scariest video I've seen in a while. Yep. This thing was a robot, and it was perfectly timed. It, it walked, it talked, or it didn't talk. It walked, but it was shooting guns at targets, and they were slamming it with, uh, you know, the door openers they hit yeah. to, to get criminals and whatnot. They were kicking it. They were punching it. This thing was shooting targets, missing people right now, but shooting targets Dead on. I can make you feel good here, Dan, because actually that that is a that is a special effects team that put that together. Oh, okay. It fooled a lot of people. Oh, okay. It fooled a lot of people, okay, and, and they they do, they have a web series on YouTube where they take special effects for movies. But but I'll tell you what, Dan, I saw the first seconds before they told and said it was a fake. I was I would have been right with you. It looked incredibly convincing, and if they can get to that point, because you know, Dan, we're just on the precipice of that. So, yes, yeah, are. yeah. So, right. you got about Thanks, another Dan. hour to feel good. I mean, we already get, you know, robot voiced 
calls. Yes. Pretty much every day now uh, for, uh, you know, just robocalls, I guess, for lack of a better term. And how long before they synthesize a human's voice perfectly and they really perfect that Deep fakes. I mean, right now they're talking about that, you know, you need to be suspect of everything. When you go home... We, any one of us go home? When I go home and kiss my wife, I hold a flashlight up to her eyes. You probably should. <laughs> yeah. What are you? Uh, speaking of deep fakes, I finally saw a bad one uh, oh, yesterday, yeah. and it was uh, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger in No Country for Old Men. You know the the coin, I haven't seen that the one. coin flip. Yeah, this uh, one's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Arnold the, himself the, looks fake. No, it looks like his his face, but the the voice and it doesn't quite match up. You're mm. like, okay, it's pretty easy to pick that that one was faked. Do you see the the? There's an app I guess you can put on your iPhone uh, on your actual camera that does a face swap right away as you're like posing. So you don't do it in real time face swap. In real time face swap. This is not the what? one that was that was loaded with all sorts of malware, right? Case the one that came out of China. Uh, that's a good question. I don't. Okay. I don't know. But yeah. like so. But the only problem is like the um, the shading is not right. But there, that's my wife and my daughter. I'm showing pic, uh, Preston a picture of. Uh, and what did it do? Uh, they if, just look weird. It yeah. does a face swap. Well, it's because my wife's face is on my little daughter's face, and my daughter's face is on my wife's face. Okay. So, so A- yeah. AFV runs these all the time. They'll yeah. have videos of, and, and they they look funny. They're not they're not um, dramatically convincing, but it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Kathy had brought us up to speed that our emojis uh, could you could actually do a little video of them talking. Oh yeah, that's funny. That was, right? that was pretty funny. <laughs> I did like that. So I don't know, man. It's just it's bizarre. Everything. Damn, everything. It is. It is. I think cause for taking a little breather mm-hmm. and wondering where everything's going here. Speaking of bizarre, uh, I thought this was a bizarre, not quite bizarre file story, but very weird. Uh, Santa Cruz, California, could join a growing number of cities that are dr- decriminalizing magic mushrooms. No kidding. Shrooms. Have uh, you ever had shrooms? One time. Okay. Uh, I've never psychedelia psychedelic things have never been an appeal for me. It just seems too much potential to get out of control. All so right. and uh, you're stuck with it for hours. And yeah, you know? I, so I never dabbled in that. Okay, uh, but Santa more problematic, you think? Right now, under like um, clinical conditions, if I knew you mean that on a hamburger doses and things like oh. that were very exact and and uh, yeah, I'm, I might be no, not clinical. I mean, no, I'm thinking about regular. No. So <laughs> microdosing is is a thing now that people are doing. Right, yeah, right. so they'll you know you take very very small amounts of you know, either this or for, or LSD. Do you know what? And though? people are doing that for quote unquote medicinal reasons. No, you know, in a way, it'll make it easier for our robot lords to take control of us. <laughs> there, there have been studies that have shown that that's right for some people. It um, helps with like you know some depressions and stuff like that. But this is they're not legalizing it; they're just decriminalizing it, it, which I don't know what the difference is. Um, medical. Okay. Yeah, essentially that. Well, also uh, possession. Uh, yeah, and possession. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to lessen the charge right. significantly from felony charges to, you know, like a traffic ticket type I think of thing. They, they, they made steps like this in Colorado already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, uh, there's been a number of, uh, of, of cities that have been doing it. Uh, Santa Cruz city leaders introduced a resolution that supports advancing the conversation about alternative treatment with so-called magic mushrooms. Other cities, such as Oakland, have passed resolutions, and uh, the proposed resolution would declare the investigation and arrest of individuals involved in adult possession use or cultivation of psychoactive plants uh, and fungi listed on the Federal One schedule. This is all this blah, blah, blah. He's a fungi. Uh, The lowest priority for the, the city, so it would be... 
very, very low level, if you recall. There's a, there are issues here, I think, when people talk about with uh, with also the you know the potency of the of the current marijuana and what's what's available. There are things to consider. Obviously, you want to make sure you're doing. You know, I, don't go anywhere. You know, if you yeah. do any of these things, uh, don't get behind the wheel. You know, yeah. there are there are common sense approaches. To Perhaps it. an armed robot with AI could keep right, you at home. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a shroom. Yeah, yeah. It's to guard you yeah, to make yeah. sure you don't leave the house. Oh, that's my shroom robot. Yeah. <laughs> shroom bot. Shroom bot. I love make it. sure I don't leave the house. Uh, for example, in the treatment, sometimes, uh, well, it says where there is concern, this will encourage people to experiment with potentially harmful drugs to support or see potential thera- uh, therapeutic effects. For example, in the treatment of depression, post-traumatic stress, and other treatments. These psychedelics are reportedly helping some people overcome depression, drug addiction, and post-traumatic stress disorder. So with magic mushrooms, they're relaxing that. Do you think um, they will ever reduce the sentence for just performing magic, like black Uh, magic? (laughs) Is that illegal? I don't know. I would assume it would. You're communing with the devil. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's see. And then there was one other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, well, you know what? I, I do it. I didn't put this in the celebrity news, but uh, I thought it was, was interesting and sad. Uh, the original Marlboro man, a guy named Bob Norris died. He was 90 years old. Uh, his son, Bobby Norris said that he knew his father was special from a young age. Uh, Norris said his father was a cowboy at heart. Like a real cowboy. And helped him get the job done as the Marlboro Man. That helped him get the job done as the Marlboro Man. He said advertising executives saw Norris in a newspaper picture with his longtime friend, John Wayne. Why don't you pause for a picture? Uh, They tracked Norris down at his uh, 63,000-acre ranch. 63,000 acres. Called T-Cross. Got to spend all day mowing that. (laughs) T-Cross. T-Cross Ranches, uh, South Colorado Springs. He said these guys in their pinstripe suits walked up to Dad and they said, how would you like to become, how would you like to be in commercials for Marlboro cigarettes? He said, well, I'm kind of busy right now. Why don't you come back next week? And if you're serious, we'll talk. They came back next week. Norris said they shot more than 2,000 pictures that day, beginning a 12-year-long acting career that ended abruptly. And here's here's how it ended. Listen to this. He said he always told his kids, I don't ever want to see you smoking. So one of us finally asked, if you don't want to see us smoking, why are you doing cigarette commercials? And he called up Philip Morris and quit that day. Wow. He, by the way, he didn't smoke. <clears throat> he didn't? He didn't smoke. Huh. In the stuff that I read about him, he was a non-smoker. They would take pictures of him lighting the cigarette, right. but he was a non-smoker. God, I remember there was a huge billboard, a cutout of him along 95, and every time we would go down 95 to go to the stadiums for whatever reason, I, that was like you were almost there when you passed that. He was a, a good-looking dude. You know who was a Barnborough man for a while? Tom Selleck. Yeah. When I was a smoker, uh, way, way back when, I uh, Marlboro was my brand. Absolutely. And part of it was that advertising. That advertising. I thought it was cool. It kicked up after they stopped using Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, I like to smoke. Yeah. Uh, no, but there was something about that. I would only smoke Reds on rare occasions. Cowboy killers. Uh, when those were when they were out of lights, I'd grab the Reds. Man, they were harsh. Nothing, yeah. nothing like Lucky Strike. But you wanted like all that, that cool, but... those cool jackets and all that swag. Yeah. I that came later on. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get into the points <laughs> or the miles. That's yeah. the right. Is that what they, they called it? Yep. Miles. Yep. You know, Marlboro they should have called it lungs. Yeah. Lucky Strikes back in the day were you you know like uh, punch buggies. Uh, if you saw a pack of Lucky Strikes on yeah. the ground, you would step on it and you got to punch your friend. You'd say, Lucky Strike. You ever hear about then that? you go, oh, mom, sir. <laughs> my, 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 my mom. mom. <laughs> it's part of the uh, first Marlboro Cowboy campaign. Boom. 
You have so many funny little <laughs> well, the lucky strike story I, tradition things. I just had heard on uh, on Saturday. My mom was telling me a funny story about how she went and collected a whole shoebox full of them because she thought. I mean, she was like seven years old at the time, but yeah. like. If anybody ever gave her a hard time, she would just go get that shoebox and just throw the, you know, one on the ground and, and just punch you one after the other. Lucky That's funny. Yes. She saved him for that yes. reason. Yeah. Hey, Preston, what was the one, that, the, the cigarette packs that used to, they actually used to have a, like a coupon in them that you would pull out. Well, Marlboro Miles. Paul Mall or something? Or, uh, no, Marlboro Miles were on the side. There was an actual on the side coupon the between the cellophane and the oh, no. pack. Well, that right? was the Marlboro Miles would do those. Was that it? Yeah. Speaking of John Wayne, just on the, on a tangent here, they they ran the movie the uh, the Shootist. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen the Shootist? Mm, Such I don't a remember. it's like one of the last, if not the last, movie that John Wayne did, and no. Jimmy Stewart's in it. And you know he had like like a fifth of a one lung left. Is this when in in the movie he He's had dying. cancer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it's that. That's awesome. Can you it's, cut it out of yeah. me like that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I can, but but I, I, I got you. Yeah. Um, now, but uh, he, apparently he and the Marlboro Man were buddies. Who knew that? Yeah, I didn't know. But my tradition in well, college make love. was uh, <laughs> during um, uh, finals week, I would always get uh, packs of non-filtered cigarettes. Uh, who knows why? For but, finals week, really? Yeah. To help with studying. Well, you, you know, you, it, was awake, a, it was a little bit more. doctors say unfiltered cigarettes help during finals week. <laughs> It was a little bit more stressful of a time. Totally. It, was, it was finals week, so. Whatever would keep you up and going. I'm an optometrist, and I say yeah. you should smoke cigarettes. <laughs> but it was never uh, Lucky Strike. It was Camel Non-Filter. Oh, Camel was another. Yeah, Doctor Mike has in his, you know, in his in his exam room, he has the picture of the doctors with the uh, recommending cigarettes yeah. as, as sort of a novelty. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, Joe Camel was, you know, I, I think he appealed to the younger generation because a lot of guys that I went to high school with smoked Camel lights. And do you remember the uh, the the cartoon drawing of him? Supposedly had a penis in the nose. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. you'd have to. See and then it. there was the Paul Mall penis, and if you looked at it the right <laughs> way, it looked like a camel. That's weird. Uh, well, anyhow, the Marlboro Man, Bob Norris, 90 years old, and uh, and he just passed away. But it was interesting that he'd quit when his kids called him out on Yeah. Sports. He was like, all right, I'm done. I'm finished. All right, we need to take a break. I see our friend Mr. Daniel Roebuck, who is in the green room. He's in to talk uh, huh. video games with us a little bit. Yes. He's going to be voicing the character. Uh, we'll find out about that in just a little bit and a concert announcement coming up with uh, Music News. So we'll take a break. Come back in just a second. Stay close. We'll be back shortly. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. We're excited to have our guest in the studio. He's been here on a number of occasions, and we are happy to have back actor Daniel Roebuck to the studio. We're going to talk, we're playing Star Wars, we're going to talk about this in a second, but you know what, Daniel, so a lot of times I'll, I'll introduce guests by some of their notable works and and the many times we've had you on we've talked about lost and and uh, the fugitive and river's edge and all this stuff but looking at your credits dear god do you work a lot man oh yeah thank you you, you have a <laughs> long, thank god you yeah, have a god. long list of credits and I, you, my my intent is i want when people go to the internet movie database to get like carpal tunnel syndrome <laughs> <laughs> Like they got to go right to their orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. I was looking up Dan Roebuck. My <laughs> wrist is broken. But you've added another. I mean, we talked about this last time uh, because you you'd done the uh, the the video uh, a game voice work for Dead Rising. Yeah, Dead Rising Three. Right, yeah. which is uh, which I love. Which is basically just you you get to kill zombies yeah. in on Moss. 
uh, but they're done with it with a with a, a tongue in cheek approach that just and you can pick up potted plants and whatever, whatever the hell it's just it's an open sort of uh, playground for that sort of stuff and and that's fun. But uh, this is another level. You're 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 a, in a hallowed franchise. I know. Can you imagine? Uh, it's got to be the coolest because some of my favorite. Video games have been Star Wars based. Oh, good video games. You know, so that I mean, when because honestly, we've all wanted to have the ability with the Force with you know, with the lights. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, ex- explain what you have coming up because we got to make sure we get this info out. Oh, thank you. So, uh, coming uh, this uh, the fifteenth of November, I'm part of this huge Star Wars triumvirate where they're yeah. bringing out. The movie and the new TV show and our game, which is called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And in the game, I I can't even believe it. I'm like, I'm flying the spaceship. <laughs> like, I play Grease Dritus, a four-foot-tall, four-armed Latero. I'm the first time they've ever had this character in a Star Wars uh, franchise yeah. uh, piece. and. And I, I mean, I'm crazy excited about. It. Look, dude, you know we're the same age, man. I Star Wars 1977. If I would have turned to the guy next to me and said, "I'll be in that one day," yeah. you know. And you might as well. So, by the way, for for many, uh, for the people who are fans, uh, the the and obviously they're worldwide and the fandom runs deep. But there, there's also different lips, different depths to that that fandom. Uh, that include the 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 fan fiction, the 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 books, the the additional the, the animated series, and for me, the video games have been a really good. I know, Preston, you're a, fra- a, a, a fan of the games as well. What, what's yeah. your favorite Star Wars? Oh, Battlefront. Battlefront. I mean, Battlefront yeah. Two was amazing, and then the last rendition of it was a was a really cool throwback to it. So. I think that this game, uh, because they they've said it specifically in the canon, directly after Episode Three. Um, a few years. I mean, it's it's part of the ongoing story, yeah. and there's going to be surprises in it. I mean, that that's the the most amazing thing. There's going to be uh, characters. The, okay. the stories are uh, I've found, and I've played games that were not just just you know the the, the run and gun where you uh, where you get sucked into the story and 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 you know uh, the the character it, it, they're scripted well. They they can be for all intents and purposes. They're the budgets could be like a movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, and so they're 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 big productions, huge. They've been yeah. working on this game for four and a half years. Jesus. So watching the trailer, uh, there's an actor named Cameron Monaghan. He's uh, he plays Ian and Shameless. And uh, is he the star of this? Yeah, okay. he's amazing. You guys, this kid, and he's the you know the Joker on Gotham. On he Gotham. was sensational. Yeah. He's a good he, actor. He's a good good actor. Deborah Wilson's also in it. So we're kind of your your your. Cal, you play the story through Cal behind him, and uh, Seer, Deborah Wilson, and myself, Grease, we're on the journeys with him, but Cal, Cal is the, the guy doing it. And Cameron, that's an actor you're going to see, I'm telling you, for the rest of your life. Well, he's really good. He actually was playing, at one point, he was playing two separate roles in Gotham. And uh, But, uh, you know, this is, all this stuff now to this level is so cinematic, and, you're, and you say... Uh, before we went on, you were saying you were doing full motion capture. You were doing, you, you, and even though you're a four-armed creature... You had you had a suit on and everything. I have the the suit, uh, you know the that suit with the dots on the face. Yeah, and then they they animate the character over your performance. And what's strange is while we were shooting it, I'm six foot tall, Cameron's six foot tall, Deborah's tall, yeah, uh, almost five eight or five nine. But we had to work out this system where I would look over their heads oh. and they would look at my belly, so that our heads were all oh. looking in the the right direction. So, uh, so we're looking at some of the, the motion capture here, but and uh, are there structures on set that are that are sort of like a console or what? Yeah, Just you like can see in the yeah. like in this footage that we're in the spaceship there. Oh my god! So there's a lot of uh, 
a lot of pretending, but for an actor, it's an extraordinary gift because you're not you're not held back by the props and you're not held back uh, here. That's me flying the spaceship, and okay. that's how they put me in it. So I did not know. I thought this was like VO work for a, even though it's more so you're doing a motion capture, I thought it was you guys coming in and doing a part separately. So you're there acting this out as if cameras are on, we're rolling. It's how Avatar go. was done. Yeah, Avatar yeah. was done essentially the, wow. the, the same way God, with the same type of suits. Games. Yeah. It's, uh, we shot for about six months, a couple days a month. Uh, it, it was ex- extraordinary. I mean, you guys, I would go to, you know, <laughs> I would drive. I smiled <laughs> for the hour to work. I smiled for the hour home from work. I've never been so excited to go to work. Well, you know, maybe to work on my own thing. Hey, well, you, and we talked about you're in another game that I adore called L.A. Noir. Oh yeah, that was so, great. So again, the uh, and and we've president, we talked about this many times about the extraction of campaign modes from from games. And to me, what's always been attractive about these games is the story. Is yeah, me too. I, you know, I, listen, I'm a, a big fan of Call of Duty and getting in and doing a, a run and gun thing with a, competing with other people. But for me, the they're so cinematic. You can actually be in a movie. You can actually play a story and, and determine the outcome. L.A. Noir was one of those. And so if you don't know the story, it's, it's these. You're, you're, there's a whole story of, of these detectives and, and, and police and some corrupt police and blah, blah, blah. But um, there, there were scenes where you were, had to sit across a table and interrogate someone you were, you were, uh, um, uh, was a suspect. And um, so you were explaining to me that you would actually have to respond in a way that suggested you were guilty. Yeah. Explain what you told me because it was, it well, was, it was a, it was a really uh, weird thing. Like they would capture our bodies uh, and heads, but then they would reshoot our heads separately, like in a Willy Wonka white room, like where Mike TV goes. <laughs> and right, yeah. You would you would be staring at a picture of the Mona Lisa and you would. You would have to answer the questions or I didn't have a lot of in, I didn't have any interrogation, but yeah. my character was running and and, yeah, right. and they said, you know, we did a whole pass where I was telling the truth. Right. Like I was innocent. Why are they chasing me? Another pass where I was guilty. Uh, so I'm mad that they're chasing me. And I guess you as a player had to you know decide whether you're going to shoot me. Uh, and it was a cop. bitch because yeah. you could complete you could absolutely shoot an innocent person. You could. Yeah. Yeah. And that as. I will say that, you know, I don't play video games, but yeah. the day I saw that where they're yelling at me and I turn around and it's like Tron. Yeah. It's like that. You're like, wow, that, that's me. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you, has it enticed you at all to, to perhaps pursue or do you, you have no desire to play? You mean? Yeah. Well, you know, it's so interesting. I've so much time and attention goes into these other projects I'm doing. And I know I'm, you know, I'm, probably have some problem ADHD or something if I find a video game but I did buy this game and uh, I had this ingenious idea actually my my daughter did she said invite your nephews over to play it right so I could just like be like play it play it go to the cinematic go to the cinematic because <laughs> otherwise how the heck am I going to see the the movie but I but I'm also you know like you I'm a collector so yeah, yeah. they put out the PS4 with the poster on the box, and I'm like, oh, it's my poster. <laughs> I should have that on the shelf. That in, is in, awesome. In the world of actors and, and doing this kind of work, is there any, um, uh, what's that looked upon by by professional actors of doing video game acting? Oh, I think now uh, it's 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 so in- integrated into the way we do it. You, you will see, at some point you're going to see, 
big, big stars do this when they can entice them with a piece of the profits because they're they make so much money. You've, you've already oh you've gosh. already seen it start to tip because when you're dealing with a game that has an eighty million dollar budget or you know and they can get up that high and even more so. Uh, you know, I think that when I forget what game it was that came out, it may have been one of the Halos, but it was the it, it was the one day, it was the most money spent on enter on an entertainment product worldwide in the history of entertainment. So I mean that that kind of money's out there, and that so you will see like Kiefer Sutherland did one of the uh, he was the, the main voice for one of the. Uh, um, uh, uh, was it Metal Gear? It might have been, but a couple games. He he's done a lot of work. Well, in a lo- a and in our in our game, uh, you know, Academy Award winner Forrest Whitaker's in the game. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, so I mean, I guess let's say that's a pretty big you know name. Well, yeah. and, a, and a guy that we've become friends with over the years who uh, uh, did the lo- uh, the music for a little show called Lost, uh, Michael Giacchino, oh, got guy. started in video, video games. games. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. what yeah. a great ta- and by the way, you you. One of the nicest guys. Oh my gosh! Amazing, yeah, yeah. Something for, else for that. It's all those composers. John Williams. Uh, you know, they're all uh, nice people. Uh, also listed on the credits is uh, Ben Burt, who basically invented uh, so many different sounds throughout the entire Star Wars universe. Did you have any interaction with Ben? I, I didn't, but I I do know of Ben well. There's a great documentary they did that he did about a, a certain ricochet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's in a. But Ben Burt is is a genius, and he's BD one. So he, I guess, they had him working on the. Yeah, you know, to try to um, right. figure out how to, like, Cameron can understand what BD One is saying, right? But we can't. Okay. So, well, you're in it, and I know they did this. Cameron had worked out this. Uh, James Cameron had worked out this technology on Avatar, where so when you're doing your thing, he's looking through a screen, and he can sort of see a in real time rendering of what. Yes. It, were you able to while you're doing a performance well, kind of see it back? You can't because they they could see it but right. the monitors are if you turn to look at the monitor you're your, see your avatar on the set would right. turn. Uh you can see in the clip of the the on camera or when we're shooting yeah. it um what they would do it's strange they would literally scale me down in the morning so I would We'd all go in a room and they'd rescale you. You do all the calisthenics right. in a separate room. So whenever I was on the stage, I was four foot tall. That's if awesome. you looked on the monitor, and I had the four arms, and then I had to wear uh, a certain um, prosthetic under my arms so that I could never put my arms where the other arms were. And you're, uh, you're the freaking captain. I'm the captain of the, it's my ship, <laughs> and and I'm crabby. And uh, <laughs> you know what'll be great is Grease. Grease, hopefully, I pray will be a fan favorite. Why? Because I want to be a toy. <laughs> Wait, what does his voice sound like? Is it? Is it he like- sound, you know, he's kind of an annoyed guy like me. You know, yeah. I'm giving. Here's Grease. What are you doing? Hey, um, so he's humanish. I, I tried to channel the greatest Ernie Borgnine and, uh. and the greatest Joe Pesci, but I, I think uh, what we do as actors is we're always doing other actors, and yeah. I, I think that's. I know that's been going on for years. Tony Randall talks about, you know, how he he used to do John Barrymore. So every actor does the other actor. Right. You can't help. From, it, yeah. It's it's all, you know, and that's. Well, if that, it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know right, what I mean? right. Like, you know, and Pesci was a great inspiration because you. I had to get my brain around the fact that I'm four foot tall, but I don't see myself as a little person. No, well, look at Yoda, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Here's, here's a character that, that looms just massively within the Star Wars canon, and he's, you know, a little guy. Yeah, so so with this, when they finally finish it, six months working on it. Six months, but they had been working on it for four and a half years before that. So when it when it's done, do they invite you to sort of a premiere of the of the cutscenes? They have not because um, you you can't. 
there's really not a premiere that runs. You have to play the game. Yeah, I would. It would be nice to see, but no, they they didn't, as far as I know. But I'm sure they're very busy with everything. <laughs> yeah, doing. maybe the invitation. Uh, but the look. Whether I, I'll figure out how to see those cutscenes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Speaking of impressions, um, when you did uh, the late shift, right? Yes. The, uh, it wasn't really an impression of Leno that you were doing, was it? It, it was sort of it an was, homage, but yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you know what? It was trying to try to be uh, as close to the guy as possible, you know. But Jay, when he, our story took place six years before when he was on TV, like so, at, at the same time. So I had to go back to kind of. To the previous J, not yeah. the current J. Is that available anywhere? Because I, oh yeah, it's I, on HBO. You can see it you on can HBO. Still get it. I, I, yeah. I love that. I watched it a couple times. Oh, uh, and you. and you and your uh, Kathy John Bates, Michael Higgins, yeah, Kathy Bates playing your your the, what was her name? The, the uh, oh yeah, Leno's. Helen Helen uh, Helen Kushner. Kushner. So she was like a, a, a demon, but uh, yeah. but she she fought viciously for Leno, but at the expense of a lot of his reputation. Yeah, and, uh, and, and her and her own, unfortunately, and her not own, a, yeah, not a happy story. Uh, uh, her personally, um, and I, I do know that. I guess they told me that you know she was still alive when we shot it, and she said, "I'm going to sue you, uh, and if you get Kathy Bates to play me, I'm really going to sue you." <laughs> <laughs> so she may have cast her own role. <laughs> there was something about John Michael Higgins' impression of Letterman, which I, I found to be fascinating, which was uh, the way that Dave walks. There was a scene where uh, uh, he left the NBC building in New York, walked across the street, went to the CBS building to go in and sign the contract, and he walked in a way that it mimicked the way that Dave walks. It was so – it was a, a subtle uh, impersonation, but it was really well done. Yeah, John Michael Higgins is a great actor. And, you know, just when we did that show, Letterman couldn't have been more horrible to him. And I think that oh, he was, he, him, he, he, was couldn't, he could not get on the show. Yeah, he, and in fact, he did go on for one interview, and Letterman just dismantled. No, 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 he no, no, he didn't even put him on. He they no, no, they didn't even put him on. They made him wait in the green room. Oh, is that and then, the and, story? And then he 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 stiffed. He he was talking to Julia Roberts about her meatloaf recipe, uh-huh. and and then he said, "Well, you know, the actor who played me in the movie, uh, you know, we didn't have time for him, but you can meet him in the lobby." Now I I got to play the nice guy. And I, I look, you know, we we could all I, now yeah. I can actually take to say, you know, publicly, yeah. I think Letterman's a jerk. <laughs> He's just not a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I never understood it. Yeah, he, you know, he, I got to play the nice guy, and my guy not only you know was gracious to me and gracious about my performance. I produced an animated Christmas movie, and he narrated it for me. You wow. know, you know what though? In in the movie though, the movie was not. It was not. Um, it was not judgmental. I mean, it, it didn't cast a bad light on Letterman. It, it, you know, I mean, it, I thought it was. Pretty, it was very even, it's pretty even handed. Even, yeah, and and by the way, they at that point when we were making the movie, uh, they they always thought Jay was going to be the. Uh, you know the dog, and he was yeah. the one who who was the, the, roast the number one. Yeah, roast number one. So, yeah. so wow, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. I see here you have a number of movies in the queue too uh, that are uh, and, a, and a lot of horror uh, stuff coming. I did, up. yeah, Rob Zombie movie. I was just did three from oh, hell. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in his stuff. Um, he's great. He's great, and he's a he's a great guy. And I love collaborating uh, w- with him. Have you ever encountered, because uh, he's good friends with Tom Papa, have you? Uh, I do, yeah. We yeah. were both in uh, 
in El Super Bisto. So, that's him. right. Yeah. yeah. Tom's a very, very funny guy. Yeah. Has he ever made sourdough bread for you? He has not. Son no, of a bitch. This is something I have to look forward to. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's his current passion. Oh, it is. Okay. He, he totally posts on Instagram, and, and we've said to him, if you come back to the studio without sourdough bread, <laughs> you're, will, you're a dead You're man. a dead <laughs> You know, the thing that scares me about those, like, sourdough breads, they're using the yeast from, like, 4,000 BC. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that, it's a line. Yeah. It's a culture. Why, like, we're, we're worried, by the way, we're worried about the artificial intelligence. <laughs> Let's worry about the 4,000-year-old yeast that we're eating. It's a salient point. If you're just tuning in, it's Daniel Roebuck who's in our studio, and we were talking about Jedi Fallen Order, which is the uh, the video game that he's playing uh, one of the main characters in. Um it's coming out November fifteenth. Are you in? Are you are you back home visiting right now? Because you're from Bethlehem. Or yeah, I was. Uh, we we uh, the parish that I grew up in, Saint Anne's, had their ninetieth anniversary, so I came oh, to awesome. that, and I spent a little time with the sisters of Saint Joseph and Chestnut Hill, who were my nuns. Because I'm preparing my next movie, which is called The Hail Mary, which we hope to shoot next summer in the Lehigh Valley. You're and writing and directing that. Right, wrote it and and will direct it. Uh, and we're doing something that I don't think is done often. We're doing, there's a an organization we've started called A Channel of Peace, and you can see that at achannelofpeace.org. And, uh, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to make the mission of this not-for-profit, making faith-filled family entertainment. Um, and, you know, if it makes money, we'll make more faith-filled family entertainment. I'll tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for a lot of this stuff. I, I think it's, uh, there's been some, you know, if if the message is good and resonates with you, and not only that, just on a, on, a, on a monetary level, though this is not obviously the, the, the driving force of why you do something like that, they tend to be low budget, but if they click, they can be very profitable. They can make a difference. Yeah. And, and Getting Grace, the movie we talked about last time that I made in the Lehigh Valley, that movie, uh, you know, it's on Hulu now. People can see it on Hulu. Do you get a lot of good feedback? So much yeah. positive feedback. Because I thought it was really, really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and was we, so sweet. And the, the, the woman that played... Grace was oh, unbelievable. Madeline Dundon. Yeah. She was. She she's was. A, she's a find. Yeah. She's a. She's a find. Uh, but that movie, we've gone on it, extraordinary. Do you know we've gone on to raise sixty five thousand dollars or so for hospice care and cancer research, right? Just by taking that movie around the country. And you guys may not know this, but you know that I was recently given an honorary funeral director's degree. What? Yes, I have it on my wall. <laughs> It says because funeral director and, and director in the movie, yeah. right? And and because they, you know, the funeral directors, you know, they're good people. They love the movie, yeah. And yeah. they kept telling me, you know, I was. They kept saying, "You can't really embalm anybody." <laughs> uh, I um, no, I I'm, I'm, I'm friends with uh, several funeral directors, and one particular in my parish. And I have to say that, like, you know, the, the work that they do is um, a lot of times sort of unsung. And you know, I know that when my my father was. Um, uh, and we had the funeral for him. Um, the when the moment when you see him or or you know whoever the deceased is is uh, can be very jarring and it's a scary moment because you're like, All right, so is this going to be the person that I'm yeah that I that I knew for forty years or whatever? And so for my personal experience when that happened, that was it was um uh it was I was I was very very happy you know and uh, and then when you're also going to these viewings and stuff like that. It's a very sad time for, for many, many people. And, and the, so the work that they do is super duper. Important. No, you're right. Yeah. And, any funeral, and I've been to, to a few over the, the, the past couple of years, and it, they, they, that whole, you've got to, it has to be just the right amount. Can't be too much, it can't mm-hmm. be too little. But th- th- then there has to be a sincerity that you can't fake. You can't, you, you can't fake it. Look, yeah. they, you're right, Casey, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry to hear about your, your pop. Appreciate it. Uh, the, that, that, uh, 
that impression that that the the you leave the the loved ones is extremely important and you know we like we're, we never think about when the babies die the car yeah. accidents the reconstruction oh, yeah. mm. the things that they learn to do they're they're artists they're absolutely artists and have having gone all over the country and even up into canada we're going to be in canada next week in grand prairie alberta uh showing the movie and raising money for hospice there they're always the same they're the most gracious people great family people uh, I love community, that's why that's community why activists. Yeah, they're yeah. usually they're family owned and operated businesses. Yeah. Uh, so with that, do you think you'll get an honorary uh, captain certificate from the? I, uh, I, wouldn't rebellion? that be great? Yeah, I want. Uh, <laughs> I want. I want the. You know. By the way, my <laughs> my ex wife, she's dating a pilot. You know, and I heard this through my kids. So I waited. I waited. I waited. And I, <laughs> I, I said. Hey Kelly, that your uh, your new guy here. What what's he do? She goes, he's a pilot. <laughs> and I said, oh, what's he fly? She said, well, he, he flies airplanes. And I said, oh, I fly a spaceship <laughs> in Star Wars. <laughs> um, so I don't, you know, yeah. and, you win. I win. Right, yeah. exactly. That's the whole point of this, isn't it? It's about winning. <laughs> it's about winning. No, I, uh, my former wife is is a great person. My yeah. current wife uh, is a great person. Nice. All the wives are great people. Yeah, yeah. something great yeah. people. We, you know, at this, at this, uh, there was a great joke that used to Mickey Rooney used to talk, tell uh, about. Like when he would do appearance, he'd say, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be there with my all-wife marching band. <laughs> That's so funny. I got to know him at the end and, and, and his wife, oddly. But that, at the church uh, event yesterday, I, you know, I was you know, talking about the events that I had at that church through my life. And I had to say I had the first of my multiple marriages uh, at St. Anne's. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. Is that really funny? Uh, I'm trying to do better. In this room, it is. <laughs> no, listen, it's life is a is a journey, as okay. you all know. Yeah. What will what will uh, the Hail Mary be about? Or the Hail, thank you for yeah, asking. Sure. The Hail Mary is a fantastic comedy, heartfelt movie about this quirky nun who finds a guy who needs redemption. And she cons him into creating a football team for her all-boys Catholic school. Uh, okay. I love stuff like that. Oh, my God. I love, I love stuff like that. The sisters, uh, you know, based on the sisters I know, uh, the sister in it is like a full, it's like a great character. And today is Veterans Day, and uh, also listed on your credits is one that's announced called Veterans Day. Can you say anything about that? Yeah, that's, uh, boy, they've been trying to get that off the, the ground for a while. Um it's it's just a really lovely story uh, that they haven't they haven't gotten funded yet. It's still in the queue then. Still in the queue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to buy this game. Yeah, me too. I'm going to buy this guys. freaking game. Uh, Thank you. It's called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and it's coming out on uh, November 15th. So you can grab it now. Maybe give it to somebody as a gift or something like that for the holidays, or take it and play it till you wear it out. So I like that. Uh, great to see you, Daniel. Thanks for spending some time here. We appreciate it. Thank you. May I do a commercial for one more thing? Yep. Yeah. And that's for if people go to gettinggracethemovie.com. We're having a Christmas sale there for our, our DVD. You can get them You can get them and give them as well. It's a, a sweet movie. Stuff. It'd be a Thank wonderful you. gift. Excellent. Thank you so much. Daniel Roebuck, guys. Yeah. We're going to break and be right back. Thank Stay you. with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Disturbed. Revivalists. Motionless and white. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. All righty. Bizarre file time. Here we go. Go. 
Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. All right, the B file this morning. Keep going. Sponsor's, All right. sponsor's not in the book. All right, what? I'll go right What's ahead. happening? Uh, so sometimes they're weird stories. Sometimes they're just freaking scary, like this one. Listen to this guy. Felony stalking charge was filed against a man the prosecutor said admitted to contacting a woman more than he should have after she declined his request to become more than friends. Uh-oh. And at one point... He stabbed himself ten times in the wrist at her home. Ugh. Wow, that's hot. Prosecutor <laughs> said Christopher Sidebottom had uh, contacted the victim multiple times uh, between April and early November when the victim was granted a restraining order. Listen, Sidebottom, if you want to impress this chick, stab yourself. The victim indicated she met Sidebottom through work, and he asked to become more than friends. She declined. By April, texts from Sidebottom had escalated with him threatening to harm himself in front of her. Oh, boy. According to the complaint, Sidebottom promised that she would watch him die and that he would, quote, not allow her to forget what you did. Uh, Prosecutor said that he showed up at her home, stabbed himself in the wrist ten times. He then contacted her and said, let's hope tomorrow something good happens. Otherwise, I'm going to pay you one last visit and we can test if you'll really stop me or not. Jesus. And there's some people. And you wonder why people get vibrators. uh, Screws. (laughs) The victim received a restraining order against Sidebottom. Uh, The complaint said that he admitted to investigators he knew the victim and he admitted that he had gone to her home. And he also said that he had been contacting her, quote, more than he should have. And they noted the puncture wounds on his arm. So. Uh, he's got a trial date coming up. Police are searching for an archer who shot arrows at home at a homeless encampment in the San Francisco Bay Area, striking two men in the abdomen. This is bow and arrow. Police said Saturday the victims were hit by arrows around midnight in Richmond, a working-class suburb east of San Francisco. Police say the attacker was someone that the victims knew. Oh. The victims were staying at the encampment along the San Francisco Bay Trail, but their attacker did not live there. Some some bizarre kind of Robin Hood. One victim was additionally hit in the leg. Uh, both men were taken to the hospital uh, where one underwent surgery. They were listed both in stable condition. The victims were familiar with the suspect, but they don't know his name. That's pretty scary. Okay, how about this? A five shining star snow crab was auctioned off in Japan... For a whopping forty-six thousand dollars, yeah, or five, what the f- five million yen it is the highest ever price paid for a snow crab. The coveted crustacean was a male weighing at two point seven pounds, measuring five point seven four inches wide. Uh, the bird, I'm sorry, not the bird, the bid. <laughs> the bid smashes the previous Guinness world record holding the snow crab sale. At uh, which was eighteen thousand dollars set last year. So exactly what makes them so coveted? I'll get to that. Uh, the week's winning bidder was uh, Tesuji Hamashita. They won. They won. President of fishery wholesaler Hanashita Shoten. Uh, the five million yen snow crab will end up for a few lucky diners' plates at an upscale restaurant in Tokyo's posh Ginza neighborhood. He said, I know it's extreme, but it's the custom. He said, but I am sure the taste of the crab matches the price. Yeah, right. This year's snow crab hunting season began on Wednesday of last week. This is stinks. With the uh, first auction taking place the following day. Auction attendees were surprised by the price with many shouting banzai and applauding. Snow crab, a highly sought-after delicacy in Japan is found in the waters off uh, Totori Prefecture. The Five Shining Star nickname 
comes from the crab's shape, but also its high quality, long legs, fat and solid meat filling, and rich, creamy innards. <sighs> you don't have to be a star to be in my mouth. All right, a short story, and then we got to finish up. Wild turkeys in New Jersey are running amok, amok at a 55 community in Ocean City. It's always, it's always hear stories like this. Residents say turkeys in a large flock are blocking their doorways, pecking at cars, and behaving aggressively. One resident said, I can't get out of my door. Sometimes I can't get out of my car. They go and they attack you. Just in time for Thanksgiving, an aggressive gaggle of 40 to 60 turkeys are terrorizing the community. Is this the big revolt we've been talking about? (laughs) Residents say that shooing the birds away doesn't help, and they actually bite. Some say that the turkeys have even broken windows in people's homes. Yeah, things are going to be a little different this Thanksgiving. Meanwhile, Tom's River says its animal control officers are powerless to stop the turkeys because they are not licensed to trap wildlife. Mm -hmm. Uh, a resident said uh, she compares the birds to scary dogs. So Bring it on, Jerkoffs. <laughs> they can weigh between 16 and 24 pounds and can run up to 20 miles an hour. So they're scary. Pretty frightening, yeah. Birds, yeah. <laughs> and that is your bizarre file for the time being. We're going to take a break. When we get back, let's test you on your knowledge of today's program. We'll ask a question, a lesson question about today's show. See if you can win. We'll also have a concert announcement on top of all that other stuff. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. New Word of the Week prize that we will get started on today. I'd like to remind you of that so you don't miss out on it. We have a $500 Ashley Home Stores gift card that we're going to give away. They're going to be down at Camp Out for Hunger. And uh, if you come to the Camp Out for Hunger, actually... Uh, it says, well, not even coming to the Camp Out for Hunger. Actually, at the area Ashley Home Stores now through the 30th, you can register to win our green room furniture that will be set up at the count, uh, Camp Out for Hunger. And that's a full set sofa, love seat, coffee table, end tables, lamps, all that stuff. That's cool. And uh, they always give us some really good, it's by far the most comfortable <laughs> spot, Yeah. period, to hang out. So uh, we will have your opportunity. Uh, today, however, a lesson question. We'll do this first and give away a case of Yards Brawler, if you can answer it correctly. Uh, I think we're going to go with this. Mike, the situation Sorrentino had to work out in prison because he certainly wasn't going to do what? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. Mike, the situation Sorrentino had to work out in prison because he certainly wasn't going to do what? Let's see if you know the answer. You had to have been listening. 215-263-WMMR. Give us a call right now while you're calling. We'll do the trash. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by HERS, a Philly hometown favorite for generations. Whether you're hosting a tailgate or grabbing a snack on the go, wherever you're snacking, make it Philly, Philly, and grab a bag of your favorite HERS flavor. HERS, forever good. What's going on, Steve? Well, confetti-throwing comedian Rip Taylor's last wish was to have his ashes scattered at sea off the coast of Honolulu. In addition, Taylor had requested that the ceremony be attended by the surviving members of his Special Forces sniper team. Jeez. Oh, my God. So just like Mr. Rogers, Preston, he yeah. was a sniper, too. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, singer FKA Twigs telling New Music Daily that she doesn't describe her separation from ex-Rob Pattinson as a breakup, but rather an unmeshing. As for Pattinson himself, he describes the breakup as a, you caught me banging your sister. Well, <laughs> and finally, Madonna being named in a class action suit by fans upset that the start time for her shows on the Madonna, on the Madam X tour 
has been moved from 8.30 to 10.30. Madonna's defending the move, saying it takes a long time to reattach her skin to her skeleton. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all you're trying all right, we will see who was listening and uh, give away a prize if we can get an answer to this question. Mike, the situation Sorrentino had to work out in prison because he certainly wasn't going to do what? 215-263-WMMR is the number, and to the phones we go, it is John who's going to take a shot at it. Hey, John, how you doing? Good, all right, so uh, the situation had to work out in prison because he certainly wasn't going to do what? He wasn't going to read. Read, yes. Hang on, John. Got a case of Yards Brawler for you, perfect for fall and tailgates. Yards Brawler is the Philly beer with the knockout flavor. Look for it in the orange case wherever fine beers are sold, including... Uh, Wummelsdorf Beverage. Wummelsdorf? In Wummelsdorf. Does that oh. look right to you, Case? Sure. There you go. That's All a right. cool name. All right, uh, we're going to do uh, music news. Here we go. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! I like big balls. Brought to you by Heritage Business Systems. I think we're going to lead with a concert announcement. Nice. Wow. Yep. This should be pretty cool. A um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A reunion of sorts, uh, because two people are getting back together and they are going to be performing. Uh, this show is going to be Tuesday, July 14th. It's a ways off, but tickets are on sale now via Ticketmaster.com. MMR presents the Black Pro. Wow! And the brothers are back together. That's astonishing. Yeah, so the Robinsons have uh, kind of patched up, and uh, they are going to be playing. And what's really cool about this is they are going to be playing Shake Your Money Maker in its entirety. Well, plus, that's plus all the hits. What's that? Oh, that's a, a big album for them. Yeah, and just to refresh your memory of some songs that are that are on Shake Your Money Maker, Hard to Handle is on there. She Talks to Angels is on. Great song. Twice as Hard is on there, which I love. And uh, Jealous Again, man. Those are all great songs. So you'll be able to hear them uh, back-to-back, tracked like the album is. And uh, then they'll get into other songs like Remedy and, you know, some of the other the other tunes that you love from that band. So I, yeah, this is, it's wild. I remember when Hard to Handle came out the first time, and I was like, okay, first of all, they're returning to a real bluesy, yeah. grassroots rock type thing that I hadn't heard in a while. And I was like, okay, that's pretty good. And then the other songs started to come out. And then by the time they got to She Talks to Angels, I'm like, whoa, dude, this band is really, really good. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, honestly, I never thought this would happen. Yep, yep. I thought they pretty much hated each other. Yeah. Uh, but they are coming back to town Tuesday, July 14th at BB&T Pavilion. Tickets are on sale now, like I said, via Ticketmaster.com. And Pierre Robert, all week long, is going to have your chance uh, to win tickets. So you can get the details at uh, WMMR.com. No way it, it shows you the healing power of money. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's yeah. really. I mean, if we can all really take yeah. something positive out of this, it's if you get paid enough. Yeah, money fixes everything. You'll do things that you don't want to do. Absolutely. You know? It just has hookers. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> All right, so Black Crows, you can get the details, like I said, at uh, WMMR.com. All right, other stories from music news. Uh, Pearl Jam guitarist Mike McCready has told Rolling Stone in a new interview that the band is in the process of recording its 11th studio album 
and first since 2013's Lightning Bolt. Uh, reminded that it's been almost seven years since the band last issued a new LP, McCready responded, has it been that long? Oh, my gosh. He said, we've been busy toiling in the studio on and off for seven years. Uh, we're working at our own pace and doing some music right now, and it's cool and different, and I'm excited about it. Uh, but we're not finished with anything yet, uh, so I wish I had an answer for you. But know that we are recording right now. We're excited to be playing together again. How long does it usually take them, Nick, from... Well, when they started, mm. it was every two years, you know, and they, yeah. they I think they had five or six albums in the 90s, uh, two in the 2010s, or 2000s, and one uh, in, in this decade, and that was Lightning Bolt. As Jeez, President mentioned. Yeah, it's been too long. I wonder what the reason is. I mean, there's a number of factors, I would imagine, but... Can't find the guitar pick? Uh, maybe. Uh, no, but you know what? You would think that they would be bubbling with music that, yeah. that, that they they would be writing you know some some musicians are writing constantly all the time um but i think part of it is i guess life and kids and family and all that yeah. stuff cuz the way they all have their side projects I think too it's high standards too i think I, um you know when when you are a band like pearl jam and you've put out the music that they put out over the years that um that they're not going to settle i think side projects though a lot of times suck the energy out of the the main band I'm thinking that too. You know, yeah, and I, I mean, I, I get that you want those creative avenues, but I mean, for fans of the band, it ends up slowing the process in general. As uh, for projects, think. As for... <laughs> was that Rambo yeah, just playing in on that? Yeah. Okay, all right. I thought it was or Rocky. Rocky. Oh, with the apartment. There was a, there was a little bit <laughs> yeah. of Calper in there. It sucks. <laughs> Side projects are no, it's sick. No, it sucks being sick. Sucks to be <laughs> sick in a side project sucking sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Calper and Rambo together. You know what's funny is we had a, we had a studio full of people in here on Friday, <laughs> listeners, and I saw Calper out in the green room. And I just said something about it. Steve goes, "Hey, you know the guy I make fun of? He's right out there." Like everybody looked outside into the green room. <laughs> As for touring, McCready said nothing as of yet. He said, I mean, I hope we can work it out. I uh, hope we can go out. I'm ready to uh, play some music again with my guys and go out and do it, but we don't have any plans as of yet. A former bandmate of uh, Mater James Keenan of Tool has posted some early recordings online from a band that he and Keenan were in during the late 1980s. The act was called Tex ANS, huh. which stood for Tex and the Anti-Nazi Squad. And the uh, group's keyboard is a guy named uh, Mike Megan, Mings uh, has shared some recordings that the band did along with a uh, photo of him and Keenan, who was the bassist of the band, as well as one of its vocalists. He said, uh, Maynard lived down the street from me for a while, and we did a few small projects together in the late 1980s. We started Tex ANS together with him on bass, did a couple of coffee house gigs together, and recorded the first song that he wrote lyrics and sang on, uh, he's one of my only friends that went on to superstardom. Is it is it Tool esque? The sound do they say? I haven't heard it. Here, well, here's some of it. I'm not hearing it. He said, "I'm super proud of his achievements." That's a falsetto. Yeah, it's not his style. Well, it took him a little while to find his voice. Find his voice. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's, uh, uh, Miles. Uh, <laughs> Who's that famous Miles who said it? Miles Kennedy? No, Davis? Miles Davis said oh, it. The oh, yeah. hardest thing about being a musician is finding your voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And that pertains to that song. 
according to Mings, a song called Who Leads You is the first one Keenum wrote lyrics for. Um, so, yep, yeah, uh, that'd be interesting to hear some old stuff from him. You know what they call Miles Davis in Canada, right? Uh, no. Kilometers Davis? Davis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a Zach Galifianakis joke. Kilometers Davis. I, <laughs> there you go. I did. <laughs> That's good. Uh-huh. Uh, Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins has shared his guest-filled new video for I Really Blew It, the first video from uh, his uh, coattail riders. Uh, the clip features appearances by Dave Grohl, as a flaming disembodied head, mm. and Perry Farrell as the leader of a miniaturized band. Uh, the video, which is meant to spoof the 1970s late-night music video programs, also features a takeoff on classic pop rock crooners Hall and Oates. Uh, Grohl and Farrell also show up on the Get the Money album, along with members of Hawkins' family. Uh, you'll also find uh, Pat Smear. Uh, Queen drummer Roger Taylor, Duff McKagan, Chrissy Hine, Joe Walsh, Nancy Wilson, Leanne Rimes, and others. And we'll do one more story. Limp Bizkit frontman Fred Durst guest stars in a new commercial for used car retailer CarMax. I saw it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Fred Durst? Yeah. It's actually, oh, boy. It, it made me laugh. Is, is it funny? It, it, yeah, he doesn't yeah. have a line. Uh, I'm sure you have the details, Preston, but it was it was funny to see him show up. Well, it there. just says the band's massive 1999 uh, hit single Nookie uh, off its seven times platinum, let yeah. me remind you, album a Significant Other plays a central role in the advertisement as well as part of a joke. I, de- I haven't seen it, so I don't know the description. She has a, a, an old car. The CD gets stuck, and so the part of the, the uh, sales plot here is that she you know she can't get the CD out of the car, and it's Limp Bizkit. Nookie, and then she pulls up to an intersection, playing it pretty loudly, and the Fred Durst is walking across the. Oh, and it and it shows her through the years. Yeah, like it's been stuck yeah. in there for years and years and years, and it's the only thing she has available to listen to it. That's yeah. pretty funny. And he All just right. stares at the car; he doesn't say anything. So it's it's amusing. All right, I like it. Nice. <laughs> All right, and that's it in music news for you. So we're going to take a quick break. Come back in a second. Letter of the day, word of the week, prize. Pierre Robert taking over in just a few moments. So stay with us. We'll be back in a bit. Hey, gang, starting Monday, December 2nd, we are camping out and broadcasting our show from Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. It's Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger, benefiting Phil Abundance and fueled in part by Energy Transfer. Now, join us for special guests each morning inside the warm confines of the Bimbo Bakery's USA broadcast tent with free hot coffee from Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Join us on site and drop off your non-perishable food donations at the General Building Contractors Association Demolish Hunger Donation Area. Camp Out would not be possible without the generosity of you, our great friends and listeners, and our partners. Select Event Group, Chorus Photography, Light Action Productions, IMS Technology Services, Skelly's Amusements, Shapiro Fire Prevention, and Newman University Videography. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. From 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. 1028. Preston and Steve Show Monday morning. Watching uh, Casey right now, who's watching the latest Daily Rush video. It's uh, the King's Speech 2, been come to known as. <laughs> Have you seen it yet? Yeah, they chopped together. It's, uh, it's really well done with uh, movie footage, and they, they match the voice up. Uh, it, it's super well done. Oh, my God. It was Jack that did that, you were telling me? Yeah, yeah very Nate Murphy said Jack did the, uh, the editing. 
And I was cracking up because they have Colin Firth is standing in front of the microphone. If you've seen the movie, and coming out of his mouth is, is there just anything that you've uh, been come this just improv that's been come to notice? I was cracking up at it. Uh, the video editing and, and some of our Daily Rush videos is really, really creative and very, very funny. So that is available now. At PrestonandSteve.com. It is sponsor, sponsored by Punchline Philly Comedy Restaurant and Bar. So if you've not seen the latest Daily Rush videos, you can certainly go check them out right now. And don't forget about the Weekly Rush on uh, Xfinity. Yes. Thank you to our guest, uh, poor Kate Flannery. Yeah. She's not on Dancing awesome. with the Stars anymore. We'll always be uh, our dancer. We love her to death. And uh, she uh, she popped on to tell us a little bit about that. So... See if she makes it down sometime in the near future to say hello. And actor Daniel Roebuck was yeah. here. Uh, he's such a great guy. And, you know, from the, the Lehigh Valley. And, and when he's in town, we love having him by. So he was promoting a new Star Wars video game that he is. And these are, like, big. The the, the stuff they go through, the acting, the, the, the motion capture and all that stuff, it's a process. And uh, he's one of the characters in Jedi Fallen Order which is going to be coming out on November 15th. And he's always working. He's got movies and TV shows left and right. That Ton of stuff. Days are working, guys. I ordered the game during the interview. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, we made the announcement that the Black Crows are coming to town, BB&T Pavilion, next July on the 14th. But tickets are on sale now. They're doing the entire Shake Your Money Maker. And uh, the Robinson Brothers are getting back together for this. And uh, Pierre's going to have your chance to win tickets all week long, and he happens to be right here. Hey, man. It is true. I will have them. Yeah. They just went on sale. It's uh, it's kind of uh, unusual that a show is announced and the on sale is right away. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, you know, normally, you, you, I mean, usually the fastest, we might announce it on a Monday and would go on sale that Friday. Uh, but uh, you guys having just announced it and it went on sale at, I believe, 10 a.m. So uh, we'll have them all this week. It's a weird Excellent. thing that goes on. So it goes on. Sale for a July a July show, yes. so we have all this sort of, but it it all works out. It does work yeah. out. It does. It's a show I never thought would happen. So it's patience. Yes. one just needs patience. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, you know they're they're in that fighting brother band category. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, don't start a band with your brother. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, sometimes there are cases where it works out, but there are eight or so that I can think of off the top of my head where it hasn't. From the Everly Brothers right on down. Kinks and Oasis. Um, oh, Kinks, and... Oasis, the Robinsons. Uh, they came over. They were playing in Camden, and they came over, um, Rich and uh, Chris, to play on my show. And they were going to play a couple of songs acoustic. They were fighting in the limo. All The record guy told me this after. Yelling at each other in the limo all the way up to the radio station. Came up, did the interview, played two great songs, left, got back in the interview, and fought all the way back oh to the venue. Oh, my God. Um, so, uh, brother bands can be tricky. Yeah, this is true. I mean, Kings of Leon, there was a story in Rolling Stone. Uh, I think there are three brothers and a cousin. Uh, and, uh, one of them, they, they were living in way too close proximity to each other and they got in a huge fight and one of them came after one of them with a knife. <laughs> that I didn't know. And at the, at the last second with, with God given intervention, veered off and slashed his mattress instead of um, the other way around. Yeah. It, it obviously is a volatile situation. Tricky. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, how was your weekend? Did you enjoy it? Very pleasant. Uh, I went to see Elton on Saturday night. Went to see the farewell tour. How was that? It was great. I yeah. mean, um, you know, the, the guy just 
uh, you know, continues to, it's a long farewell tour because he was here a year ago on the first two of the farewells, and these were the theoretical last two of the farewells. Does, does, was he favoring? What did he, was it, uh, so, so I love Elton John, but I'm a, I, as there was a certain point at which he, I think, firmly moved into more, um, easier listening rock, and and I uh, and so I um, uh, you know, but he was it man around like the uh, Yellow Brick Road and, and all those albums. Yeah, they just rocked. Well, I mean, he opened with Benny and the Jets and closed with uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. The last two songs were uh, Your Song and uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Uh, but I mean, you know, Levon was in there. Burn down the mission. Great. Uh, some of those great songs of that era, of those early, early days from Honky Chateau and stuff like that. Um, you know, and some of the later '70s stuff, which I also really liked, like the Bitches Back. Yeah. Uh, he did. Um, I'm still standing, which I always liked because just like a kind of a positive, yeah. you know, ode to still being there. It's fun. Uh, so and, you know, Saturday night. He, it was mostly, you know. 1980 and back in that zone a couple yeah. of a couple of newer ones but i mean it was a great show and that a legendary band with davy johnstone who's been with them all those times on guitar uh, nigel olson on the drums and this uh, bizarre and magnificent percussionist by the name of ray cooper who had his a spot on the top of the stage who does these wild you know um very animated yeah flamboyant yeah. uh drum percussion things uh, if you've seen him right well yep. top top one of the top three concerts i ever saw was elton john and just him wow uh elton john had a an actual uh, uh grand piano and then a yamaha piano wow and i think it was at the beacon theater in new york and it was about a three and a half hour show and uh and it was so him and just the percussionist and that was it yep amazing uh, he, you know, he's still quite a character. You know, he gets up after every song and kind of walks around and waves and bows and kind of, you know, encourages the audience to give him a little more love. Uh, you know, but he also talked about wanting to be with his family more and uh, so, um, you know, and told some great stories and, you know, it was cool. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. At the end, it was slightly great production. They had this kind of angled um, uh, stage or in terms of the video screens that kind of started at the back of the uh, stage and angled up uh, in an, at an angle, and it had all these great videos on it. And then at the very end, he, um, he comes out in a bathrobe <laughs> for your song and for Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, uh, which I thought was interesting. Of course, I mean, it was probably a $10,000 bathrobe because uh, yeah. uh, Elton doesn't do anything small. And um, then after the final song, uh, Goodbye Elbrick Road, he takes the bathrobe off and he's got this baseball jacket on it that says Elton John on the back of it and kind of like black sweatpants. And he walks over to the screen and turns around and all of a sudden a cage appears out of the bottom and it carries him up at an angle uh, towards the back of the screen, and all of a sudden it starts going into stars in, like, the universe. Wow. And a door opens in uh, the back of the screen, and the little cage goes into it, and he waves, and, the, and a... Oh, he disappears into it? And he it? disappears into it. That's and, pretty damn cool. Yeah, and then it, the the stars start morphing into this animation mm -hmm. of him in the exact same outfit, with the baseball jacket and the black sweatpants, walking down Yellow Brick Road, oh. off into the sunset, just like the album cover. Yeah, yeah. It, it uh, not quite the same outfit, yeah. a different okay. outfit, but the same outfit he was wearing on stage appears wow. in the animation as he walks down Yellow Brick Road, off, you know, kind of off into the sunset. Part of it was a little, almost like 
Well, he's, he's not dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, could, you could almost see that being played at his funeral, you know, or something. I'm dead now. <laughs> uh, so there was a touch Goodbye. of maudlin uh, about it that I, I that was it was really beautifully produced. I'm going I, to heaven now. I'm off to heaven. Did you see the the uh, the Rocket Man movie? The, I have not. Yeah, he it, talked it, it's about good. It. Yeah. It, uh, and, and in fact, they finished with, well, I'm still standing sort of at the end is sort of oh, a, cool. but I mean, it, I, I really like it. I, it. It takes a little bit more, uh, a more fantastical, uh, they're, they're actual song numbers where they're like a musical oh, as really? opposed okay. to songs being performed in Bohemian Rhapsody. There's actual musical type numbers. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just got his his autobiography, so I'm going to read that with great interest. Uh, he's a fascinating guy. Yeah, absolutely. So all right, uh, we should do the letter if you're ready. I uh, believe that is yes time. <laughs> All right. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. You look at him disappear. We We're watching it on the, the video. Yeah, yeah. As he disappears into the thing. The letter is, <laughs> uh, let's go E for Elton. All right, that works for me. And we have a $500 Ashley Home Stores gift card. You can stop in any of the 11 area Ashley Home Stores now through November 30th. And you can register to win the green room furniture that's going to be set up at our campout for hunger. Uh, the sofa, love seat, coffee table, end tables, lamps, all can be yours. Ashley Home Stores, a proud sponsor of Camp Out for Hunger. So we are looking forward to that. Uh, what's coming up on your program today, Pierre? Well, we do have those Black Crows tickets you told uh, about. And uh, we uh, will do a big block of the Black Crows. And then uh, it is Veterans Day. We want to celebrate our veterans. So we're going to do a big block of uh, veteran songs. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, I want to thank our sponsors. Preston and Steve Show's brought to you today. Uh, by hers, a Philly hometown favorite for generations, uh, the official chip of the President's Steve Show. Also, Winter Airport Parking, fastest way in and out of Philly International Airport. Chorus Photography, the official photographers of the President's Steve Show. And Wilmington University, experience the Wilm U difference by visiting wilmu.edu. Tomorrow on our program, Connor Barwin is stopping oh. by. That is correct. He'll be in the studio and... Took a few strings to pull, but we will have in this studio tomorrow morning on our microphones, Nick Murphy. Nick Murphy! He's in the other room right now. How do we swing that? We did. Took a lot. We had to call in some favors, but we made it happen. Just yelled down the hallway. That's it. We are done. Ray John, have a great day and a wonderful Veterans Day. Thank you, veterans. We'll uh, see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. The Breston and Steve love you. Hate you. Line. Stop being selfish. Oh, and learn the mother zipper method. Morons. No wonder why we're the worst drivers in the world. Next message. We don't know them all, but we owe them all. Thank you to all the veterans out there, past, present, and future. Next message. I hate the Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR Rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.